The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. And today is February 26, 2023. And here are the topics that will be discussed on this week's edition of the Serious Side of the Jay Rao Show. I got to tell you, anybody's unemployment has to do with bad choices and personal responsibility. And again, that does not have a skin color. I know a ton of white people that are as lazy and sorry and and probably worse than black people I know. Fox News host Tucker Carlson says House Speaker Kevin McCarthy gave him unfettered and exclusive access to about 44,000 hours of Capitol Hill surveillance footage from the day of the January 6th riot. In the black community, we have an expression, and I don't want to use this label too deeply here because I'm just trying to tell you what we have in African-American community. When we talk about a person of color that goes back historically to the days of slavery and that person betraying his own community, we have a term in the black community. That term that we use is called uh, Uncle Tom. What has the Supreme Court been up to lately? Here are some of the big cases the court will be deciding this spring. First, Merrill versus Milligan, a case that could weaken the Voting Rights Act. When states were redrawing their congressional maps after the 2020 census, Alabama's Republican-controlled legislature created only one majority black district out of seven, even though the state has a population that is more than one quarter Online radio at its best. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your endless love and blessings over my life. Teach me to hear your voice guiding me and directing me into the way that I should go. Give me the strength that I need to overcome each obstacle that comes my way. Thank you that when I feel like I am sleeping under the weight of all the stuff, that you are there to support me with your unfailing love. Console and comfort me, Lord, so that my soul can be filled with your peace and joy. Thank you, Father, for who you are and all you have done for me. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, 
and the flame shall not consume you. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 To you, Father, I give all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 347-850-1272 is our caller number. 347-850-1272. It is the serious hour on a beautiful Sunday morning. It's uh, four minutes after the top of the hour. And, of course, I'm Jay Rao. Glad you guys are on board. And, of course, I'm never here by myself. Looks like Vanessa's in the house. Mr. Elias is in the house. Let's bring in my fam. Good morning, Vanessa. Now, I did not expect you to be here this morning, but it's a pleasant surprise. Good morning to you. We're all in our places with bright, smiling faces. Good morning, Vanessa. <laughs> Good morning. You know, I love what you say. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm so glad that you can show it. I try my best with you, but thank you so much for being here as always. It's just a pleasure to hear your voice every Sunday morning. I'm going to get the first and last word here. Say what now? I said that was so sweet of you. Listen to you this morning. Oh, my goodness. Just so sweet of you. I just adore you. You just don't know. The man who gets the first and last word, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house as well. Good morning, sir. How are you on this beautiful Sunday? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you. And mwah, good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Will Good morning, Mary and Music. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. <laughs> it's amazing how he does that. The number is three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. And as always, we take a few minutes to talk amongst ourselves, and uh, a lot to get into uh, this morning before the show. My God, uh, I was watching where it looks like Mustelias, Vladimir Putin. Everyone knows he's losing this war, and I think Vladimir Putin mm-hmm. knows he's lo- losing this war as well. So now it looks like he is reaching out to China. For weaponry, and the U.S. is saying, "Hey, listen! If China provides the USSR with weapons, that is a game changer." When you hear that statement, Miss Elias, what exactly does that mean to you, or how do you interpret what the U.S. is saying? I'm, I'm thinking they're going to put heavier sanctions on China, which means we'll probably lose trade with China. And we'll probably lose a lot of things uh, dealing with China. So we can't you know, do that. It's time we brought. Well, you know, some. It's time we start bringing some of this stuff back home. You know, it's time for the greed to die in this country and let 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 it go to the working man anyway. So I I, you know, well, I wouldn't say. They're, I don't think so. You don't some jobs back. I don't think so. I, I just don't think so. I remember I read something, Vanessa. It says pick up seven items on your desk, and they said. Five out of the seven items will have made in China on the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And sure as Sherlock, I picked up ten items, and nine out of the ten items had made in China. There's no way that the U.S. can cut off our trade surplus to these people because they, I mean, they're everywhere. When you hear the statement that if China gets involved, that's a game changer, what does that mean to you? And then I want to follow up with a, another question from a biblical standpoint. You know, I'm not, I don't know Revelations probably like you do, 
But it talked about when the big nations start, you know, bam, 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 bumping heads. These are the big three, and it's getting a little bit scary out there. What say you, Vanessa? Well, you know, I really wasn't. Okay. I really didn't know this because my aunt passed away and we just came back from a funeral, and then y'all know I'm cruising today. I didn't know this. So now I'm sitting here like, what? So you're telling me, and then when you said that, Bobby said they abstained. So they didn't vote the other day. They abstained from voting. They, they don't. They might actually do this and help Russia. Well, U.S. Uh, officials are. Yeah. It's a huge game changer because if you pick mm-hmm. up, you got seven items on your desk. I probably would say six or seven of those items out of seven are going to say made in China. Yeah. I mean, so if we cut off China, let me put a quarter off into the bank. We could be up shit. Oh. oh, my God. Boy, that's 50 cent. You used the major one. That's 50 cent. Ass is a quarter. <laughs> that's 50 cent. But that's but a- it's true. But it's true. We have well, old China. China owns the United States, whether people know it or not. Yeah. We, we owe them so much money and stuff that it's just not funny. And that is one of the reasons why I've heard Biden say we need to start doing stuff on our own instead of depending on China. He knew something mm-hmm. that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. So the well, Bible, mm-hmm. I always say, Jay, mm-hmm. to answer your second question, they always yes. say that Revelation is going to send us all to hell is what I always say about Revelation. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's what I say about Revelation. <laughs> but it is coming to pass. The one coin situation is going to come to pass. It talks about the one religion. It's, all this stuff is coming to pass. Now, whether we're going to be around to see if it really happened or not, I don't know. But, Jay, it is coming to pass. Hmm. Wow, that's uh, that's scary. So yeah, uh, you're, you're absolutely correct. And thank you. I noticed you said you're cruising, so she's on board to say that she is on the seven seas as usual. Tell, tell Captain Stooping and Isaac I said what's happening. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm getting dressed <laughs> to go get on the love boat. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go get on the love boat. So if I step out, okay. y'all just forgive me, okay? That's okay. Reaction, once again, once you arrive, tell Captain Stubing and Isaac and Gopher, I said, and Julie, I said, what's happening? And Doc. This is everyone I said hello. <laughs> you can tell I watched that show in the 70s. My God. All right. Next uh, topic before we keep, why well, we got to keep it moving. All right. Brittany Gleiner, uh, she's going back to the WNBA. Now, and I need to talk this over with you guys because I felt some type of way, and I'm not going to lie to you. I always want to be, you know, transparent. Vanessa, I felt some type of way when she was posting for her pictures because she was mean mugging the camera and flexing her muscles. But you can go back and find videos of her looking homely and scared in a Russian prison. And so I'm thinking if I'm the family of Paul Whelan, how do I feel seeing her about, you know, she's continuing with her life, you know, and in fairness to her, I guess she, she has a right to do that. But keep in mind, Paul Whelan was over there way before Brittany Griner was captured. And, you know, we already know how you feel a little bit about this situation. So give me your thoughts on this. I just, I felt some type of way. I said, you know what, you should be humble. 
Because your butt can still be in jail, but you flexing your muscles and all this stuff. But you were looking like a scared little girl, you know, six months ago. What say you? Well, you know, I feel like she broke the law and should have been in jail. But that's my opinion. Um, and yes, that man that is over there has been there a lot longer. But his charges were a lot more serious. But for them to let that criminal go that they did to get her back was a little shocking to me. Uh, I did see her, and she's cut all of her dreads and stuff off, and she yep. has totally changed her image, um, I guess, to look more like a male to me. My opinion, yeah. to look more like a male. Yeah. Um, me too. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the one getting the ugly emails today, not you. They ain't going to send me no ugly emails. But then, you know, I don't care. So, um, I don't know. I just don't think that she should be out there with that other man still locked up and his family is upset. And she's uh, acting like she was... She was a strong person, and she wasn't. So I agree with you, Jay, and I don't like that she's doing this. I don't care that she's going back to the WNBA, but I just don't like the way she's acting now that she's out. Yeah, okay. What about you, Ms. Elias? Do you agree with uh, Vanessa and I on this, or do you think that we're wrong and, you know, she should just go ahead and live her life? She can can flex and do all the things that she wants to do? Damn right! I, I disagree with both of y'all because she's in the entertainment industry. So, entertainment industry, she's, she's posing for the camera. She's doing what she's doing. She's in the entertainment industry. Okay. Come on, let's okay. just be honest. Let's just be honest. She's in the entertainment industry. So, okay. let's, let's, well, let's, let's the let's entertainment people should have got her butt out of jail, but since they didn't, and it was our dollars, um, <laughs> my dollars are going. Our dollars are going to get them out anyway. All right? Isn't that what the United States is supposed to do? You know, come on, let's just be honest. Black folks have been done wrong for I don't know how many years, and this ain't just well, no, what are you talking stop about? Stop it, man. Black sugar, so, so now that now because they got somebody else out before this other guy, we're gonna feel a certain type of weight. I don't. Well, no, it don't have anything to do with that. She's in, and she's in the entertainment industry, so so she's posing for a camera. She's posing, she's posing right for the camera, and she's in the entertainment industry, so she's doing what she's supposed okay. to. Okay. What's okay, well, she, well, she she chose to, to do those poses. All her life. No, okay. she doesn't so look I, sad. She could pose in the basketball. She could look sad and be humbled because she's back she's, in the United States. Well, I think, she should, I think she should be humble. Absolutely, I think she should be humble. I do think she should be no, humble. She I, should I, thank I, her I, lucky she, stars that she is not still in a tiny... She, you know what? Well, then, God damn it, well, then just play it for the public. Because of a picture? Because of a picture? Oh, man, you know what? I don't man, like you. Man. I, 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 I really don't picture. like you for real. You, you I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like you. You don't know what's going on in that woman's life. I don't like you. Here you are, judge. At least not be judged. I don't like you. I don't like you. At least not be judged. But ain't nobody. I mean, we're not judging her. I don't like him. Y'all, I I'm don't like that guy. I'm judging this morning. At least no, not be judged. I could care less. You don't no. stand. You can't stand me, Jay. Guess what? Guess what? I'm gonna lose. I, I bet one thing. I'm gonna lose a week of sleep over it. How about that? I don't care. <laughs> nobody like. 
Vanessa, Vanessa, make your point because this make Vanessa make your point because this cyber bully is not going to be quiet. Go ahead, make your point. Nobody is judging her for. Um, I'm not judging her for being an entertainer or a basketball player or any of that. But I'm just saying that I think that she needs to be a little humble because because the people that what about the family? who is watching her do this, and they left that other man over there. There's nothing hey, wrong hey, with And y'all are judging it all says, off of a picture. Minute, there's nothing wrong with having a little empathy for the other family that How do y'all want to empathy? How do y'all want empathy? Well, I'm not saying not she's... Go ahead, Vanessa. I'm, I'm not going to fight you. Go ahead. You got it. But okay. You got it. How do you know? How do you know, okay. she's, not, how do you know she's not doing that behind the scenes? To help this man get out. How do you know anything? Yo, she, she, she did not. She posed some pictures and she didn't look. She didn't look. She didn't look humble enough. Get out of here with that. Stop it. Okay. I don't Stop. know about that. That's what's wrong with America. Everybody judges everybody. Stop. He does. He does. He does. You know what? No, I don't. No, I don't. Okay. That's your boy, Vanessa. That's your boy. I don't know why you like him so much. But come join our club, Vanessa. It's not too late. You can dislike him too. All right, we got to go to break. Hey, Pastor, tell him to stop judging. Tell him to stop judging, Pastor. Speak on that. Oh, my goodness. Vanessa, when you get him on a boat again, all you have to do is just push him overboard. Nobody will ever know. All right, we're going to take a break. 347-850-1272. A deacon and a minister, because you know what? You think that everybody should get everything free, that everybody's rich can be paid. Oh, okay, we got to go. All right, we got to go. Because y'all, okay, we got to go. Bye, we got to go. All right, we'll be right back after this. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. I'm gonna cut them off because they're gonna start arguing. All right, we'll be right back after this. Good gracious. This message comes from NPR sponsor Sondermind. During challenging times, Sondermind Therapy will be there to help. Therapists are available now and take insurance because your mental health is just as important as your physical health. Learn more at Sondermind.com. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Louise Schiavone. In California, it's both freezing and picturesque, with serious flooding as well. After a historic winter storm left almost a foot of snow in some low-lying elevations of the southern part of the state, north of Los Angeles, part of Interstate 5 remains closed in blizzard conditions. Other parts of the west encountered heavy weather, with snow in the Sierra Nevada mountains leading the Park Service to close Yosemite National Park. More than 30 people have died, more than 40 survived the latest migrant boat shipwreck off the coast of southern Italy. NPR Sylvia Poggioli reports rescuers are searching for more survivors in rough waters. Italian State Radio reported that the Coast Guard had recovered more than 30 bodies in the Ionian Sea off the coast of Calabria, the toe of the Italian peninsula. Some 27 of the survivors, according to State TV, had made it to the shore apparently on their own. 
The vessel, whose port of origin has not been revealed, was reportedly carrying more than 100 migrants when it ran into rough waters at dawn Sunday and broke apart. The migrant shipwreck came days after the Italian government imposed tough restrictions on civilian search and rescue ships, a law the United Nations says imperils lives. Sylvia Poggioli, NPR News, Rome. Members of Britain's parliament belonging to the governing Conservative Party have been told that they must attend Monday's legislative session. As Villa Marx reports, it's the latest sign that new post-Brexit arrangements between the UK and the European Union over Northern Ireland may be close to ready. Negotiations between the two sides have intensified recently, with Prime Minister Rishi Sunak travelling to the Northern Ireland capital Belfast and his foreign minister meeting with European counterparts. The aim is to revise a key component of Britain's Brexit deal known as the Northern Ireland Protocol, which has governed trading arrangements between the UK and Europe since 2021. It's prompted a years-long standoff between London and Brussels and has also created difficulties in Northern Ireland's complex local politics. For a new agreement to win broad support, it will require the Democratic Unionist Party in Northern Ireland to back the plan. Without that, Sunak may even face opposition from some fellow Conservatives in Westminster. For NPR News, I'm Bill In St. Paul, Minnesota, a shooting outside a senior living apartment building late yesterday afternoon left two people dead and three others hurt. An investigation is underway, and St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter says the community is stressed. We are tired of having this press conference. We're tired of uh, the words disgusted and senseless and frustrating. And we're we're tired of having to figure out how to put, uh, how to wrap words around violence. Police say they have no idea what the motive for the shooting was, but they do not believe it was a random incident. Police say these are the fourth and fifth homicides of the year in St. Paul, Minnesota. This is NPR News in Washington. Here's a not-so-fun fact, Vince. And what is that, your lariness? A rollover happens every 10 minutes. How long have we been driving? Nine minutes and 58 could learn a lot from a dummy. Buckle your safety belt. Online radio at its best. He says, likewise, despite centuries of exclusion and robust evidence of continuing racism, minority underemployment is often couched in the language of bad choices and personal responsibility. I got to tell you, anybody's unemployment has to do with bad choices and personal responsibility. And again, that does not have a skin color. I know a ton of white people that are as lazy and sorry and and probably worse than black people I know. And I would not hire them because they're lazy and they're sorry and they're pathetic. And that has everything to do with their bad choices and their personal responsibility. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. 23 minutes after the hour, you listen to the serious side. That was Marjorie Taylor Greene. A few years back, I might add, talking about how black people, she know white people who are just as lazy and sorry as some of the black folks that she knows. And that's right, ladies and gentlemen, she is serving in the United States Congress. You know, the thing is, when we start talking about people like her and, and the guy out of Wisconsin, Mr. L.E.S., man, 
you know, Americans have a choice. And we can say what we, what we want to say about gerrymandering and things of that nature, and trust me, gerrymandering plays a huge role in what's going mm-hmm. on with how some of these people are remaining in office. But nevertheless, the fact of the matter is that there are people who voted for these folks, knowing who they are and what they represent, is appalling to me. What say you about Marjorie Taylor Greene pretty much saying, look, black folks are lazy and sorry. Oh, and I do know some white people that are just as lazy and sorry as black folks. I mean, this is ridiculous. Your thoughts, please. Well, you know, man, it doesn't surprise me that she says this, but for white folks, I want y'all to ask one question. Who brought who over here to do whose work? So who's the laziest? Who built this country up? Was it black folks that built the country that you that you're standing in right now? Yes, it was us. So for them to sit there and say we're lazy and simplest, that's they, that's been the that's been what they've been saying for us for years. And as far as her getting in office, all of her constituents believe the same thing she believes. So good luck in getting out of office because that she's in a, she's in a district that that that's heavily populated with the same type of people that believe the same crap she does. And unless you get people in her district that don't believe that and want her out of office, she'll remain in office. I hate to tell y'all that. That's why I keep telling y'all to get out and vote. Well, get out and vote. And then when you move into these districts, know who you're voting for. Yeah, but it doesn't make a difference because the way they gerrymander it, what they do is, listen, there are probably more people in a certain area. And I'm not talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene's. Uh, district, but I'm saying that they can take a district that's majority Democrat and break mm-hmm. it down and make all of that whole area majority Republican by gerrymander. That's why it is so dangerous the way they are redrawing these maps. But see that, that they won't let the Democrats get away with stuff like that. They won't. But the Republicans they keep getting away with it because they just got away with it. Well, because got. because they have the because they have the government they have the the the, the government the, the governor's office and uh, the state legislator. Yes, Vanessa, what were you trying to say? No, no, no. I was just saying they're doing the same thing in Houston. I mean, they have it so that like somewhere real far out, Jay, I don't know, Spring is all the way over Clear Lake. There's no way that that's one area. I'm just doing a hypothetical, but I'm just saying. They're doing the same mess here in Houston where they're they're moving the voting numbers. They're moving it. And they're mm-hmm. making it harder for certain areas here to vote. But I'm going to be out yeah. there voting, man. I don't care if I got to sleep at the voting poll. I'm going to be out there. Enjoying the and it is not necessarily trying to uh, hinder a person's right to vote because they're definitely doing that. But the people who are voting, they are rearranging things where now they're saying, okay, instead of having one large Democratic di- district, what we're going to do is we're going to break it down. We're going to add a fraction of the Democrats to the back end of a Republican district. So now everyone gets the right to vote. But because they've broken these districts down in a certain way, that means that now the majority that Democrats had in a a lot of districts, Mm -hmm. the the, the majority no longer exists. And that's the Mm -hmm. scary part about it. doesn't matter if you vote. It's where they're putting your vote. If you have four Mm -hmm. boxes and you have freaking uh, 40 balls, 
then what you do is you say, you know what, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take two of those boxes. We're going to take ten of those balls out of each of those, out of each of those two boxes, and we're going to make two boxes with 50, and now we have two boxes with 30. Guess what? Guess what you just done? You have automatically, in that scenario alone, have diluted the vote, and so now you are taking people, or, you know, balls in this case, and adding them to other districts, making them bigger, and taking more piece of the pie. So that's what they're doing. Based on zip code, Jay? Well, it was, it's, bro- no, it's, not, it's broken down how they draw the line. So they use the census, and this right. is why I try to tell people that you use the census. Don't, you know, when they come to your door, it's a joke. Oh, my God, there's a census worker. There's a reason for that. So when you do not participate in that, that means that our right. community, you, when you do not participate in the census, that means that our community gets left short. Because now they're not counting, so 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 if there's a hundred if there's a hundred black people on the block and only fifty of them uh, participate in the census, guess what? That means that block is only going to get enough for fifty folks when there's a hundred on the block. You got to participate in the census. Please let me say this about the census, y'all. The census is so important. Before my mom died, we wanted to take her on a cruise. We could not find my mom's birth certificate. And the Louisiana Office of Vital Statistics had burnt down. We had to go back, y'all, and find the census to tell my mother's age. And when, by the time me and my sister got through finding all of it, my mom thought she was born in 34, and she was born in 33. So she actually, actually missed a year of Social Security because she didn't know she didn't have the right year to file. And the only way we knew it was my mama because they spoke of my mom's name when my great-great-grandmother answered the door, and they told it was it's my, I can't say my mama's name, but they said my mom was living there. And so that's how we figured it out, and that's how, and what they said, how old she was and everything, and that's how we figured out my mom's exact mm-hmm. age and was able to be able to take the census and all of that information and go and get my mom's passport so she can go on a cruise with us. Guys, it is so, so, so important to do census because 50 years from now when we all dead and gone, our great, 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 great grandchildren or whatever might need some information, and the only way they're going to get it is the census. So I had to tell y'all that story as to how important it was. My mom missed a year of Social Security because she was actually born in 33 and not 34. Yeah. But the bigger picture here is the fact that if you do not, you, you know, census are very important for resources for communities. And if you do not participate in it, then guess what? You're not going to get all the resources. So you can't be running around saying they're not doing anything for us. What did you stand up? It's like folks who don't vote. If you, if, you, if you don't vote, you have no voice. So shut up. There's nothing you can say or do. Oh, this is, this is bull crap. Did you vote? No, I didn't vote because I didn't think I need to. Then you shut up. When people tell me, when they start talking crap to me, Ms. Elian, <laughs> and, and I ask them, did you vote? Then I walk away. There's nothing you can talk to me about. Well, it's all rigged. I don't give a damn. Get your vote. Well, then don't talk to me. 
No. So that, that's, that's the matter. Silence. We as black folks, that has been the myth that we have been exposed to about the census. I take the census. I've been taking the census every year. And it's strange that Vanessa should say what she said because my mom went through the same exact thing because she was born in, in 1920. And, uh, you know, her, her, the, the birth certificate said, uh, it wasn't the birth certificate, but the record said 24. So I get what you're saying, but the census is so, so important that, that, that to, for a, a thing to come to our community, for us, uh, for, us to, for, uh, for voting rights and everything else. But, we don't, we, you know, we've been taught uh, they're they, they, they going to they dip into your house if you go through the census. And, uh, no, it's not true. Just, just fill out your census. I fill it out every, every time I get one. Every time I get one, they tell us through the mail. Because mine usually comes through the mail. And I fill out the census and tell it. Right now, you can do it online. And it's so simple. You can do it in the comfort of your own home. Or you can send it back in. It doesn't make a difference. But you, you, you need to start filling those census out. Because if you don't, you keep getting these crazy folks like Marjorie Taylor Greene. And, but, you know, until, until we realize what's going on around us, until they try to, you know, do what they're going to do to us, we need to really start paying attention because right now they're trying to take our rights away to vote. They're trying to take our rights away. Anything that we've got to make us subhuman, and, and this is what they're going to continue to do. I hate to tell you all that, but it's the truth. Look into it. Well, don't hate to tell them. I mean, no, we, we, we're glad to tell you. I mean, that's the whole purpose of this, tell them, because folks need to understand. But it doesn't matter because, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to do what they want to do. All we can do is just right. try to give you the information that you need to make sound decisions. And by not participating in the census, it's one of those uh, uh, the bad decisions that you make that will effectively, will at some point affect your community. So once again, if you don't participate okay. in, the, in the census, if you don't vote, don't talk don't to me. What's up, Vanessa? Don't tax dollars go in certain areas based on the amount of people. But if you don't fill it out, then they don't know right. how many people are in that area for tax dollars to go and do stuff. They don't know how many children exactly. are in that area to go and put money towards parks or just different things. So they need right. to know who's where. Yeah, and there's a reason why they do it. And then it's like, they don't need to know. You know, and I hear people, they don't need to know about Bobby. It ain't none of their business. Okay. All right. Remember that when you fill, uh, you know, reach out for food stamps and don't get them. You know, just remember that. Remember the fact that you, you didn't vote. You didn't take a participate in the whole process. Send all ugly emails to Jay Ryle, okay? <laughs> I don't care what they do anyway. What difference does it make? I mean, the, really? at the end of the day, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, you want to sit around yeah. here and talk all this stuff. You want to talk about how the government is not taking care. You know, I heard people when President Obama was in office. Oh, he ain't doing nothing for us. Well, did you? Did you even? Does he even know you exist? Does the government even know you exist? People think because you have a birth certificate on file somewhere that there's some grand system that connects all this stuff. No. I tell people the story all the time about a young lady who worked for a company that I used to be the HR director for, and she was here on, a, on one of those H-1B uh, uh, visas. So basically what the U.S. does is the U.S. wants everyone in the world to be educated and smart. So what we do is we allow foreign people to come here, work in the States, get this education, and take it back to their home countries. 
but they have to be a part of this H-1B status. So this person was here, but the only way you can stay here is you have to be working for an American company. Once you stop working for an American company, you got to go. So, so, so at the end of the day, this person, we ended up terminating this person. And so, you know, three weeks later, I'm getting a letter from <laughs> unemployment saying, hey, she filed for unemployment. I'm like, she's not even supposed to be in the country. What are you talking about? And I'm thinking we're going to win this case. It was like, aunt, wrong. We gave it to her. I'm like, ain't that crazy? So someone who's not supposed to be here said, what, Vanessa? How, how did she get it if she wasn't supposed to be here in the first place? Well, that's my, the bigger point I have is people think that because you do this, you do that. They know where you are and who you are. And what you don't understand is that these services and these agencies don't talk. That's one of the main reasons why people said 9-11 happened, because the agencies are not talking. So you think that, oh, I'm thinking, well, hey, you know, she's not supposed to be here. They're going to deny it. They're like, look, we don't have anything to do with that. That's INS. Wait a minute, but I'm telling you that she's not even supposed to be here. Well, guess what? I'm like, wow, really? So don't don't ever assume that. You know, if you don't fill out the census, the government knows where you are and who you are. It's just not true. But the bigger picture here is we still have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene who's in office, and they keep gerrymandering things, and so she's going to continue to be in office. And she makes these outlandish – I remember if you made anything remotely close. Now, in fairness to her, she was not in office when she made these comments, but they resurfaced. Because I, I, this is what I don't understand, Mr. Elias. Let me ask you this question. Would you ever run for public office, Mr. Elias? Uh, nah, I probably wouldn't. Why not? You know, it's, too much, it's too much corruption, you know? And, and it is oh, that's the only corrupt. reason why? Yeah, yeah, it would be. Oh, okay. Because yeah, today, today, I know where you're going with this. Because you know, some of the stuff that I've done and statements I've made, I could care less. Because in today's society, it don't make a difference. I hear you, Cool Breeze. What about you, Vanessa? Would you ever run for uh, public office? No, because I, my mouth, I would cuss too many people out, and I would bust people. So, no, I, no. No. Okay. That, that's the only reason why you wouldn't run for public office? Yeah, I'm just not interested in being, like Les said, I'm just not interested in getting with the corrupt people and not doing what people need to do. I mean, this, uh, at, at the beginning, I think they all start out trying to do what is right, Jay. And then at the end, I think they all just fall into the pot of what they can get out of it. I do. No. I don't I know. Run well, for well, well, I wouldn't run for public office because there's some butt naked pictures of me out there somewhere. And I guarantee you that they will resurface see, if I jerk my tail. See, you're wrong. What? See? see it's right, see, but I'm really. telling the truth. And my kids would be like, Daddy, you used to do what? Pictures of me in all kind of crazy places. So, no, I would never run for public office because I know it's – I'm thinking those things are dead, gone. I'm like, yeah, there he is. Is that you? No, I have an issue. Hey, look, and in some of those pictures, Mr. Elias is with me as well. (laughs) So he shouldn't be running for no damn office either. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Elias, man, looks like – Momo B wants to get yeah. in here before we step out. Let's let's bring her in. Good yeah. morning, Momo. Yeah. Welcome into the serious side. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Good morning, J. Rob. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning. 
Good morning. Uh, Good morning, Momo. Yeah. About this census stuff. Yes. Um, a lot of people mm-hmm. don't want to. I understand. I heard what you said about you don't vote, you ain't got a voice. You don't do census, you ain't got a voice. But those are two different things. It really is. So we're going to talk about the census. We ain't going to talk about voting because I agree with you on that. Okay, well, but break it down for crap, me. Strangers, I can't wait. Strangers, look, yeah. strangers coming to your home asking you questions is totally different than voting. Don't come to my okay. house ask me nothing because this is my thing. I yeah. understand what the census is. I understand what it's for. But you okay. get tired. You get tired. If I lived in a certain area all my yes. life and yes. you bothering me, and nothing changes. Don't come to me asking no questions. We still got poor people. We still got uh, 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 people just begging for food, begging for money, begging for education, begging for everything. And you want to come to my house once every five, ten years, whatever it is, and you think I'm gonna ask answer you questions? No. You go back to wherever you came from and tell those people to help us. You don't have to ask questions to help. There's no questions to be asked. Don't well, ask they send a sentence through the mail now, Momo B. They send a sentence through the mail. They don't really come to your house anymore. They only come to your well, house when you when that area is declining. People are not answering these questions, so they send it through the mail as, as far as right now. Well, so they don't come to your house anymore. To do. That's what they need to do. But, uh, that's what they that's what they do. I came here. I came back to New York three years ago, and they okay. were out walking around. In the middle of COVID, trying to talk to people. Get out of my face, lady. I'm mad and I'm angry. <laughs> and I don't want to talk to you. Well, well, well I, I know should, that. Okay. Like, I should be in Florida in the sun and I'm here. So don't, don't ask oh. no questions about nothing. Well, so, uh, and then no, the no. thing is, you don't, nothing changes. That's why people get mad. That's my stance. <clears throat> Ain't nothing going to change. Not because you came and asked me some questions. And then this lady had a nerve to try to buck off on me. Well, lady, if you don't go down the block and ring the other bell, I don't know what to tell you. It's going to be wow. real right up here in this yard. Don't give me no attitude. Alrighty. This is your job. It's well, not mine. Well, hopefully they pay them combat takes when, they, when they're running to people like <laughs> you. They need to be ready. All right. Uh, we, we, need to, we need to go. Momo, Jesus Christ, she comes in with this violence on a Sunday morning. Okay, Momo, thank you. Well, you, you, we, you. We know you. Well, maybe everyone doesn't know, but this is, you know, this is like a little reunion going on here. Go back and listen to some of the old J. Ryle shows, and you'll know why we're talking to her the way we're talking to her. You need to know more about this woman. Go back and listen. I promise you, you will have a whole different perspective of this sister that's on this phone because she will – you know, she will beat the hell out of you. All right, three four seven eight and stab you with a four. Three four seven eight five oh one two seven two is calling number. It is time for Kavita time in four minutes or less. Something that you need to know. The government is still trying to shut down abortion. You know, they are at it and they are running hard at it. I tell you what. And now people are trying to find ways to get around it. So in this week's edition, we're going to listen to another way people can get abortions in the government. They're trying to stop that as well. Keep it right here. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
As soon as today, a federal judge in Texas could cut off nationwide access to a key abortion drug. Anti-abortion rights groups are challenging the Food and Drug Administration's approval of the drug Mifepristone. For decades, it's been approved for use in combination with another pill to induce first trimester abortions. As NPR's Sarah McCammon reports, some healthcare providers are now preparing to rely on that second drug alone. At the Trust Women Clinic in Wichita, Kansas, it's been crisis mode for months. First, there were patients from Texas after the state's abortion ban took effect in 2021, then from all over the region after last summer's landmark Supreme Court decision. And now, Clinic Director Ashley Brink says the staff is bracing for another, maybe even bigger, wave of uncertainty. We're in an unprecedented time. We've never faced this kind of crisis, and so there is a lot of unknowns. Even in states where abortion is still legal, providers know they could soon lose the ability to prescribe the abortion pill mifepristone, which is used in combination with a second drug to terminate pregnancy. Anti-abortion activists argue the abortion pill was improperly approved more than two decades ago. They're asking a federal judge appointed by President Trump to overturn its approval. If they succeed, Brinksesser Clinic will only be able to offer patients either a surgical abortion or a medication abortion using only the second drug, called misoprostol. And because it is a different procedure than using the, the two medication regimen with misoprostone, we're having to make sure everyone has the right language and the right information to ensure that they're communicating that effectively. A recent study by the Guttmacher Institute found that 98% of medication abortions in the U.S. use the two-drug protocol. It's it starts with misopristone, which works by blocking a hormone that helps the pregnancy progress. The second drug, misoprostol, brings on contractions. Around the world, misoprostol has been used alone for abortion for decades, says Dr. Jamila Parrott with Physicians for Reproductive Health. And so you take more of the second medication than you would if you had the mifepristone in the first place. The World Health Organization says both approaches can be effective, but there are downsides to relying on misoprostol alone. Most available research suggests it's somewhat less effective than the two-drug regimen. There is also a higher risk of side effects, like nausea and cramping, says Dr. Ushma Upadhyay with the University of California, San Francisco. It's so important that patients understand how long they'll be bleeding after they take miso alone and it is longer. Abortion rights opponents are quick to point out that misoprostol is currently approved by the FDA for use as an ulcer drug, not as a standalone abortion pill. Doctors already use it off-label for a variety of purposes in gynecology beyond abortion, including labor and delivery and IUD insertion. That won't change regardless of the outcome of the case, says Eric Baptist with Alliance Defending Freedom, the conservative legal group behind the lawsuit. He says the suit doesn't target off-label uses of misoprostol, but doctors who prescribe it for abortion could face other risks. When it's prescribed off-label, that puts the doctor or the prescriber in a little more tenuous position when it comes to medical malpractice or tort liability in theory, because it's never been FDA-approved for that particular purpose. Dr. Jamila Parrott says she worries about an increasingly murky legal landscape surrounding abortion pills. If they're coming from mifepristone, believe me, they're coming from mifeprostone. It will not end with the one medication. And so all of this is at risk. But for now, Parrott and many other abortion providers say they're once again preparing to adjust to whatever the court decides. Sarah McCammon, NPR News. Online radio at its best. Fox News host Tucker Carlson says House Speaker Kevin McCarthy gave him unfettered and exclusive access 
to about 44,000 hours of Capitol Hill surveillance footage from the day of the January 6th riot. Lawmakers are reacting. One of McCarthy's strongest allies, Congress member Marjorie Taylor Greene, tweeted, Americans deserve to see the truth, not a one-sided narrative and unfair two-tiered justice system. January 6th, committee member Adam Smith suggested McCarthy's decision was less about transparency and more about fueling conspiracy theories. And former chair of that committee, Benny Thompson, issued a lengthy statement and a warning about what could come, saying, quote, it's hard to overstate the potential security risks if this material were to be used irresponsibly. Welcome back in. 347-8501-2724-8 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side. Oh, Kevin McCarthy, boy, this guy gives tape footage, security footage of the events of nine of uh, of January sixth to Tucker Carson and, and, and Fox News. I, I tell you, man, you know, every time we have one of these stories, Vanessa, it just makes me sick to my stomach because this is, you know, Congress run amok. I mean, there's no guidelines in place to stop these people from doing things like this. You know, one of the reasons why the January sixth uh, com- committee did not show some of the video footage because it showed, like, for example, when Nancy Pelosi left the House chambers and, you know, then all of a sudden the video jumped to where she was in a room with uh, with the, the Senate Majority Leader and they were talking about trying to get the National Guard and all those, all those people there. The reason why they didn't show that footage is because they showed some of the safe passageways that are actually in the halls of Congress. And now... Kevin McCarthy decided he was going to give this information to Tucker Carlson. He has got to be one of the most despicable human beings I've ever met, not ever met, but ever heard or seen in my life. Uh, What say you, Vanessa? It's ridiculous. Everybody should know the secret secret passageways. So just like the people who was watching Tucker Carlson, there were spies and everybody else that's watching these same pieces of footage. But he's just ignorant. And the people who want him in place are ignorant. So all I can say about that is it's just going to be like that for the next four years, unfortunately. All of this ignorance coming out and all this stuff that's going to hurt this country is coming out. And they're going to give them the information. They're going to give them everything they want and everything they need. They already have the information. So it's not like, you know, this is, you know, they already have it. He already has this information. And how, Mr. Elias, what I don't understand, how this information is not privileged and confidential is beyond me. Let's say you. Well, it, 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 it should have been confidential, but, you know, you figure that your colleagues would not put that kind of information out there. And this is what they were thinking, but they didn't think ahead of this, man, because you figure that, that, that hell, it protects them, too. So if something like this should ever happen again, and they're looking for Kevin McCarthy, they've had it on the line. And, and, and I'll, do, I'll say the same thing that Malcolm X said. If something happens to him, the chickens have come home to roost. Because you, you, you set this up, your own self. You, you put this out there. You put this in the atmosphere, and if something happens to you, Guess who won't shed a tear? Move on. That's all I'll say. Well, 
Well, you know, when we talk about Kevin McCarthy and, and some of the things that he's done since he's been Speaker of the House, first of all, he made he took a he, he made a blood a blood uh, truce with these people. Hey, vote me in, and I'll give you what you want. And we're already starting to see dysfunction uh, in the House of Representatives. But he always wanted to be Speaker, and so now he is Speaker, and he has to deal with this small contingent of the Republican Party who are nutsos. And uh, but they, you know, because it's such a tight majority, and, and I guess in one way, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, Democrats do not control the House of Representatives. Would it have been better for the Republicans to have a larger majority so they can not have to march to the beat of the drums of these crazy uh, right wing crazy people in their in their uh, caucus, Miss Delias. I mean, when you think about it, does that make sense or or no? No, it doesn't. Because you know what, these same people have been following Donald Trump's and his lead. Whatever's going to keep them in power is what they're going to do. There's very few Republicans that you realize that will that will go against whatever Trump's rules are, whatever whatever he's whatever he put out there. So no. It would not have made a difference. In my opinion, it would not have made a difference because these people, don't, they don't stand up for what's right. Kissinger, uh, what's his name? Kissinger, the guy from Illinois. and uh, uh, Kissinger, oh, okay, Kissinger, yeah. Yeah, him and Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney. They, they stood up for what was right. Those, those are only two. And then you had uh, Mitch, uh, whatever the guy's name is from Utah, but he's a senator, so that goes without saying. But the bottom line is these people don't stand up for what's right. Think about how many people voted against uh, the, to, to overturn the election. So it, it would not have made a bit of difference, man. None. He should have stood up. He should have stood up and just and, and held his, his, his guns. You know, but he, he, gave, he gave away the house. And now he's got to step and fetch it, man. Interesting. Um I don't know. I don't know where this goes. I don't know where it leads. I mean, I, I get that the press should have access and that, you know, it's written in the Constitution about a press. But, you know, with these people, it's, you know, this is, uh, this is you know, anything on Fox is opinionated uh, uh, broadcasting and programming, so I'm not really sure. But, Vanessa, I'll ask you the same question I asked Mr. Elias. Do you think that uh, maybe it would have been better if they had, if the Republicans had more of a majority. Because listen, we can say what we want, and I, you know, and this is what people always. Well, you know, hey, uh, man, we almost beat them. Well, okay, you still lost. Well, we only lost by two. Well, I don't give a damn if you lost by two or lost by twenty-two. You still lost. So at the end of the day, you don't control the House of Representatives. So yeah, it could have been a bloodbath, but at the end of the day, you still don't have control. So would it have been better? Because a part of me thinks that if he didn't have to rely on that small fraction of nutsos in the Republican uh, caucus, he would. I think he would do things a little differently. That's just my personal oh, opinion. What do you think? I'm Vanessa? glad you well, think he that. Wouldn't owe, he wouldn't owe as many people. He had to do some bargaining. I mean, this went on for what seven rounds or something. Yeah, fifteen so, tries before he's actually voted in. <laughs> so you know what? If he had more on his side, then I hate to say you're right, but he wouldn't have had to have made so many agreements with people. Is what I'm trying to say. And and, right. and he did. I would love to know 
what some of those agreements were that he, in order to change these people, what did he give us? And that's so sad that he's taking us out to dry in order for him to get weaker because that's what he always wanted, but that's what happened. Yeah, well, I know one of the changes is that one member now can bring up a houseboat to have him removed, where before I think there were more than that. Uh, but, but you know, but, but but you know, look at it from the okay. We say that, but look at it on the Democratic side. Remember, we were hoping that that the Senate had more uh, senators. So what that does is, if you have more of a majority, then you don't have to bar, you know you don't have to march to the drum of of a mansion and cinema because now they're irrelevant. They can act stupid all they want to, but because you have a larger majority, you can still kind of govern the way you want to. And I and I really and truly believe. Now I may be wrong, but I really and truly believe that if Kevin McCarthy had a had a, a, a larger majority, that he would force that guy Ron Santos out. I, I just think he would, because he, nah. he said things. Yeah, he had, he has said some things. He's a that, butt kisser, man. Well, I mean, He's listen, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying and that. Guy, and, this, and, and this guy backed him, man. This guy backed him. And he's well, he backed him. But you're counterproving my point. You're counterproving my yeah. point because, trust me, if, well, because if he did not have to rely on that vote, then he would probably say this guy has to go. Because he's kind of already said it in a certain way, but he's put some stipulations in place. Well, you know, if it comes back and we get indicted, then yeah, we have to look at something. Well, it looks like he may be getting indicted, but we'll talk about that next week. But at the end of the day, my point is is that if it, would it be better for the country if they had a bigger majority than they, than what they have now? And I don't understand all the ins and outs, and I wish Jerome was here to kind of explain that because okay, having a majority versus having a super majority, what's the pros and cons of that? I have no idea, but who knows, right? I mean. At the end of the day, it is what it is, and Tucker Carson has this stuff, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, uh, it won't end up in the hands of some type of insurrectionist or whatever the case may be. But you never know. Like, mm-hmm. it really is. Yeah. All right, it is uh, right before the top of the hour. We're going to step out, take a break, and it's time for part one of Marietta Music's Corner. You're listening to the serious side, 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after these, this short, 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 pretty nice song. I think you're going to like it. We'll see when we come back. 347-850-1272. <laughs>
One in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, co-workers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress, and so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best. Now, I know it's very, very sensitive to talk about race in this body, but any time that we have a resolution, legislation proposing to place a statue of Clarence Thomas on this ground, we cannot avoid that conversation, so I'm not going to avoid it either. In the black community, we have an expression, and I don't want to use this label too deeply here because I'm just trying to tell you what we have in African-American community, when we talk about a person of color that goes back historically to days of slavery and that person portraying his own community, we have a term in the black community. That term that we use is called uh, Uncle Tom. And Uncle Tom is a either a fictional or non-fictional character. I don't really know the origin of Uncle Tom, but it talks about a person who back during the days of slavery sold his soul to the slave master. That's the story, the fictitious of the story of an Uncle Tom. So when we think about a person in the black community who's accomplished, but yet policies seek to subvert, some may even say suppress, the achievements and accomplishments of people of color, I couldn't help but to think about that term and expressing my dissatisfaction with this particular legislation. <laughs> Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. Now, before we get into the topic, you guys heard a J-Row hot mix. <laughs> That's, I don't know what that was. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm a nation of like, why, why is my oh, why is my uh, wife saying 
<laughs> so the question is, we'll make a command decision live on the air. That's actually the next song that's coming up in the uh, in the mix. So should we continue to play it, or should we play something else? Most definitely continue to play that. What's wrong with well, you? Well, I, I don't I don't know why I asked you. I should have known the answer to that question. Okay, so we'll we'll keep it as as is. All right. So uh, what you heard was uh, uh, a uh, representative, a state representative. Okay. So let me just break it down. So in the state of Georgia, they have a uh, proposal on, on the docket to erect the statue of Clarence Thomas <laughs> to commemorate all the great things he's done as a Supreme Court justice. I can name a few. I mean, he uh, voted to keep uh, communications that his wife was having with then-President Trump's chief of staff. Uh, he voted to keep that information suppressed. Uh, he has uh, voted against uh, women's rights to choose. Uh, he even said that, uh, you know, there was pubic hairs on a Coke can when uh, Anita, Anita Hill was uh, <laughs> And so now we want to reward this guy by giving him a statue. And you heard what the state representative, the state senator said. He says, look here, man. In our community, we call him Uncle Tom's. And there's no way that we should even consider giving this Oreo cookie a freaking statue to, you know, a, a dude named Clarence. You would think that would be cool, like, you know, Clarence, you be smoking, like that Clarence. No, not this dude. Clarence Williams III, after the Mod yeah. Watch. Yeah. And so, so this guy, his name is Clarence, and he is the biggest Uncle Tom. Every time I watch the movie Django, I see Clarence Thomas. Tell myself, what that doing up on that night? Now, now, what was his name? What, what was Samuel L. Jackson's character's name in that movie? I couldn't tell you. I, I like Samuel L. Jackson, but I hated his character in that movie. And well, and, you know, and he, well, he played the hell out, the, but he played the hell out the road. You got, you got to give it to him. But yeah, it was a what is that, Tomaso? Now, this boy here. Oh my, I can't, I can't remember his name. That's gonna bother me. I'll look it up while we're talking. But anyway, so should Vanessa? Clarence Thomas, the only other African American. <laughs> I can't even say this with a straight face. Um, so, can, can, so should the state of Georgia commemorate the uh, the only other black conservative black Supreme Court justice, Clarence Thomas, with a statue? What do you think, Vanessa? Do you think he's deserving of that honor? Burn it. Burn it. Take the statue down and burn everything that's got his name that represents anything up in <laughs> I read something, Mr. L.S., when this came up. They said there were black folks saying, look, we'd rather for you to put the statue of Robert E. Lee back up before you put that clown in bronze. <laughs> put the Confederate, wow. put the Confederate uh, armies back up. Don't put that. You know why? Because we said this before time and time again on this show. That I do not like the Ku Klux Klan, but I respect them because you know where they stand. I don't like you, you don't like me. We good. But don't smile in my face, and then all the time will take my place, those backstabbers. Don't be that dude. <laughs> don't be that dude. 
to, to see, most, most people don't have the right concept of Uncle Tom because Uncle Tom was a gangster. And, it was, and, and white folks have taken that and, 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 and have, have mis- made us misnomer that. But Uncle Tom was a, was a serious gangster. And, he, and he, he got beat to death because he wouldn't turn in his, his other people, other slaves. So let's don't call him an Uncle Tom. Let's call him a house Negro because that's what he is. Well, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, wait a minute. So you're trying to tell me the term. Okay, so you're saying that Uncle Tom was a gangster. So how the hell did he get? Look up Uncle. Bring it down for me. Because white, because white folks have turned it around, and 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 and, uh, whatever novel that was, Uncle Tom. Yes, Sebald. No Sebald. No. If you look up the origin of Uncle Tom, he was a gangster. He got beat to death for not turning in his the escaped slaves. So when you, you say Uncle Tom, really wouldn't know where that, that comes from. So I've just educated you, so go ahead on with that. But, well, but, you, but, but you, yeah, but you've said Uncle Tom in the past. So I guess this is something that you just learned recently, which, you know, we can't learn recently. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just learned it recently. Yeah, that Uncle Tom, and, and somebody educated me on it, and I looked it up, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> he was a gangster. He was a gangster, man, so he didn't turn in his people. So well, I mean, yeah, what do you mean a gangster? He's a gangster in slave times. What the hell are you talking about? Okay, if you had a choice between life or death or turning somebody in, what would you do? Well, that's not being a gangster. I mean, that guy. Look, what was Malcolm X? He gave his life up. Yes, Malcolm X was a gangster. He knew he no, was man, see, but, he but, but, but you're glorifying the term gangster now. I mean, he's not a gangster. What are you talking about? Okay, okay. okay. He was a heroic he figure. Okay. You well, know, what he did he was, what he did was gangster because he gave up his oh, life. Oh, so that's the you you, you use the street term. Okay, got it. I'm I'm mm-hmm. with you, okay. He all right, he's a gangster. Gangster move. Okay, all right, that's life. what you mean. Let's make sure that yeah, he gave up his wife. So they don't turn so he didn't turn into other slaves. So you know, if you look up well, Tom, yeah, that's that origin. But getting back to this clown, he shouldn't have anything. He shouldn't have a piece of dirt in his name. Because he has not done nothing for anybody a piece of dirt. Wow, he shouldn't have nothing. He should. He should have nothing. He shouldn't have anything in his name. He shouldn't even be in office. He should. He should have not been a Supreme Court justice. You better. You know, I would have on you. You better preach less. Go right on the head, brother. How, how, how do you? How do you sexually assault a woman <laughs> and then make her feel like it's her fault and you still become a Supreme Court justice? Well, I guess that's far for the course. But Brett Kavanaugh did the same thing. Oh, yeah, I was going to so, say you. Yeah, well, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> Well, what are you talking about? Sleeping with the enemy. Yeah. But wait, yeah. on his headstone, he should say sleeping with the enemy. Because he <laughs> is sleeping with yes. the freaking enemy. Yes, yes. My God. You know, you kissing this, you kissing this white woman's butt, and, and, and she's, she's uh, turning the country around, trying, trying to overthrow elections, and you don't stand up for what's right? Ugh, man, he's a despicable yeah. human being. He yeah, he, yeah, and she's an ugly white woman too. I can see she was fine. But to say all Jesus in all, Christ. I kind of lose respect for the Supreme Court because they should do something about the fact that his wife was in this January sixth saga, and they're not saying anything. So I'm sure they're saying something behind closed doors, but they're not saying anything to the people to make us have faith in them. I don't have any faith mm-hmm. in the freaking Supreme. Anymore. Huh. All right. So while we're talking, Mr. 
I looked this thing up. So basically, it wasn't the fact that white people. Well, I guess technically it was. So, 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 so they took this term from a guy like Mr. Elias is saying John that they Sawyer. beat him to death because yeah. he would he would he refused to betray the whereabouts of enslaved people. But in a but in the novel, they they kind of they grossly distorted according to what I'm reading here the character uh, to that mm-hmm. sellout. So okay, so so mm-hmm. basically we we okay, so we're not doing it. Version. Okay, so we're not doing it any uh, favor. So that version of Uncle Tom was more favorable to the audiences in the late 1850s, and that's the reason why mm-hmm. uh, they mm-hmm. decided to uh, to change. Okay, so that was a change up then. Got it. Wow, that's mm-hmm. almost like what we talk about today with critical race theory. They want to they want to uh, gloss over uh, 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 gloss over slavery as if it didn't happen. Wow, that's interesting. I never knew that. I mean, you know, there you go. You learn something new today on the show. I, I never knew. Uh, but, I, you know, but when the guy, when we listened to the hit at the top of the segment, he said he didn't really know the origin, but he said black people in our community calls him, calls him Uncle Tom. Well, well, wow, I mean, that's something that we need to get out there because the cat that, that, that the character was based on, uh, he was anything but an Uncle Tom based on the definition that people are associating with that particular uh, slur. Wow, interesting. Uh-huh. I don't uh-huh. even know where to go behind that, man. That was that's crazy. That uh, uh-huh. all these years we've been using that term, Uncle Tom, and and it's and yeah. it's, and it's uh, wow, wow. Uh-huh. Somebody somebody educated me on it, man. I was like, okay, I've been using it for years, and I started using it, man. After the guy educated me on it, man, so. You know better. You well, it's like better. it's like that. It's like that aha moment when someone first told me about. I remember I was in the military and the guy was like, "We got had this cat, and they, you know, they discharged this dude because this dude was a soldier and refused to, you know, salute the flag during the national anthem." And then you know, then they asked the guy, and the guy was saying, "Did you do you know the whole read all of the other verses?" I'm like, "Whoa!" And and, and so now. When I stand up, I don't even put my hand on my heart. I just kind of stand because I don't want to embarrass my family. But I, I don't even—I don't even sing the national anthem anymore. I don't. I turn my back to the. I turn my back to it. If I stand, if I stand, I just turn my. Yeah, back I'll to stand. It. I just you know I'll stand with my hands in my pocket or something like that. You know, it's uh, uh I don't know. I, I saw that that scene in a uh, soldier story when when not a soldier story but a few good men when he said uh. You're not gonna salute an officer. He stood up and put his hands in his pockets. That's <laughs> disrespectful. But yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what I do. I just don't, you know. I don't, uh, you know. Anyway, all right. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Interesting. Mr. Elias has just thrown a monkey wrench into everything. I had no clue that that was the case with, with that. We'll step out. We'll, we'll take a break. But I appreciate you bringing it up, though, bro. It was good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. It is time for. Uh, we already know what's coming up next. It's Layla Hathaway. Keep it right yeah. here. Uh, Mira. Miss uh, <laughs> Telly. Gets excited when he hears about her. We'll be right back yeah. after this. Don't you go anywhere. Oh, man. Get ahead 
Hold your tears and think instead You have to find a way to make it These clouds are letting up for a while Sometimes you gotta make the mirror your best friend And maybe then you'll find some peace within Stop hiding yourself Stop hiding yourself Love yourself When no one else can Now you know the remedy Tell yourself you will achieve Go on and brush your shoulders off
347-850-1272 is our call-in number. It is the serious side on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday. Hopefully the weather is great in your neck of the woods, and we appreciate you being a part of what we do every Sunday. Of course, I'm Jay Riles. Good morning to you. Let's say good morning to my big sis, Miss Vanessa Maybelli from the Mackinelli. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you as you make your way to the lake or to the river or to the ocean or wherever you go? Oh. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You good? You good? Okay, that's good. I'm glad you're good. I'm glad you're good. I'm glad you are good. The man who gets the first and last word here, the Mister, the one and only Mr. L.E.S., is in the place to be. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. And good morning, Nexus A. Travis, baby. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, Real Good Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Marina uh, Music. And that first song was by Linda Dawn. It was called Move. And the last song was by Layla Hathaway. And it's called Mira. My baby. And that was live. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the world famous chat room if you don't mind? Uh, Covina's in there with us, my brother. Covina's in there. Oh, my brother from another mother. Kavita man in the house. I want to say what's happening to uh, the pastor, of course, tuning in. Paula, uh, Christy, uh, Tanisha, just who else? Who else? We just have people in here all over the place. What's up, Eric? Uh, just so many people listening. Thank you so much for being a part of what we do every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network Online Radio at its best. Once again, that number is 347 You could be a part of the conversation. Just pick up the phone and call, or you can continue to do what you do by listening to some of the best in the biz. And that's what we try to bring you every, every, every Sunday. And like they say, and the beat goes on, the beat goes on, the beat goes on. And the beat, Mr. Elias, goes on and on and on to the break of dawn. I like you. like the way I did that. Pretty good. Yeah, man. That was great. The world's greatest. <laughs> you know, you sound like you really didn't like the way I did that. It sounds like I hear a little sarcasm no, in your man. voice, sir. No, man. I just said you're the world's greatest, man. Good Lord. You're a cop that you can't The world's greatest what? <laughs> I guess that's finish the sentence before we go to the next topic. <laughs> The world's greatest, whatever you want to be, my brother. The world is your oyster. How about that? I'll accept that. Thank you very much, and we'll move on. Online radio at its best. What has the Supreme Court been up to lately? Here are some of the big cases the court will be deciding this spring. First, Merrill versus Milligan, a case that could weaken the Voting Rights Act. When states were redrawing their congressional maps after the 2020 census, Alabama's Republican-controlled legislature created only one majority black district out of seven, even though the state has a population that is more than one quarter black. Civil rights groups say that's a violation of Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, which prohibits racial discrimination in voting. For decades, courts have interpreted that to mean that states can't use redistricting to dilute the power of voters of color. About 10 years ago, the justices gutted a different crucial section of the law, and today's court seems likely to go further, but it's unclear just how far. During the oral argument, the conservative justices didn't seem like they were completely ready to throw out Section 2. But even without overturning the law entirely, they could still make it much harder for civil rights groups to challenge maps like Alabama. 
All right, so we've been talking about this pretty much most of the morning, how redistricting and some of the things that people are trying to do to suppress the vote uh, continues to happen. But there is an important thing that's coming up on the docket with the Supreme Court, and that decision could very well, Mr. Elias, uh, jeopardize uh, the Voting Rights Act. And so, you know, Vanessa, when we – you know, we talk about this all the time on the show, and we talk about the importance of voting. We know a lot of people. I know I know a lot of people who don't vote, but the bottom line is that right is still theirs. And, you know, we live in a country where they have the right not to participate in the process. And you've already heard my comments on people who don't vote, what, they, what I say to them when they tell me that they don't participate in that process. But, Vanessa, you know, is there a possibility that voting rights – could go away. And when I, you know, people say, well, that, you know, come on, Jay. Well, I never thought that Roe v. Wade would be overturned. So I think everything's on the table right now. What say you, Vanessa? If I unmute this phone, this pit bull is going to be barking in the background. So um, (laughs) she just know when we leave it. Uh, I don't think it's going to go away. I think that eventually these youngsters are going to have enough sense to know that they got to get out there and picket and protest and raise hell to keep the voting rights. Right now, I just don't think they get it. But I don't think it's going to go hmm. away. No. Well, all right, Ms. Elias, uh, I hear what she's saying. But on September 10th, if someone would have told me uh, somebody's going to run a plane into the Empire State Building, I would have told them they were crazy. So my same question to you. Do you think that there's a possibility that uh, they can do away with voting rights or, in a case, not necessarily do away with it, but hinder it in such a case where it would have an adverse, adver- adverse effect on the outcomes of future elections? I think, I think it's, that's, that's their goal. That's the end goal that they're trying to do. You know, let, let's just be honest. If, if, if uh, they're losing uh, – the majority, they're going to find a way to stay in power. So this is what they're going to do to stay in power. So no matter what, they're going to redistrict. They're going to uh, gerrymander. They're going to do everything to stay in power. They don't, they don't want to relinquish that power to any minority group. So I think this is the way, and, and we as black folks have not, or we as, I'm sorry, we as minorities have not gotten out to vote. And they know that we don't, that we don't vote. So how do they do it? You know, I think what really scared them was the election of Barack Obama. When that, when when we got out mm. and we got behind that man, they saw the power that the black folks had in votes. And what did Mitch McConnell do right after that? And 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 the Republican Party, they started they started gerrymandering and redistricting stuff so that they could stay in power. So yes, this is a very, very uh, this is this is going to happen. I, I think it's going to happen. And it, it, it just it goes without saying it's going to happen. It, it, it's 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 no way it's not going to because this is what they're this is what they're going after. They don't want to lose power. So yeah, I think. This well, is well what, do you, what do you mean? Whoa, 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 you lost me. You said that there's no way it's not going to happen. What is it's not? What, what are you talking about? This, they're, they're going to they're going to eventually take away our voting rights. It's going to happen. Oh wow! Because we're not we're not paying attention. We're not. Wow. It's not it's not it's not high on it's not high on the agenda. Hell, by you know you know even though you know we can't push it through now because of what's happening in, in Congress, it, 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 you know 
some of this stuff it, 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 it's going to eventually happen. Man. I hate to see the, 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 the gloom in the room this morning, but yeah, it's going to happen because these people don't care. They don't they don't want to lose their power. Huh. Well, that's for great. those who don't know, for those who don't huh. know, voting voting rights is not uh, uh, it, it has to be it has to be passed. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, you. Well, yeah. It's I mean, not yeah. Even I mean, law. They, well, they do it's know that. That's law. the reason why we keep bringing it up. I mean, they have to know that. That's the reason why we keep bringing it up because of the fact that it's not. What's the term that we're looking for? It's the same term that we tried to. You know, they were talking about Roe v. Wade. Why wasn't it? Uh, I can't think of the word. Uh, but but yeah, and 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 people were looking at President Obama saying, "Why didn't you do that while you were in office? You codified it. You could have codified it into law." Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the Voting Rights Act is not codified in the law. So, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, they have to vote on this thing. And and you honestly think, I, I don't know, man, I, I don't think that they would ever get rid of it. I think that they will put so many restrictions in place, you know, because I was talking to a person uh, a white person uh, not too long ago, and they were saying, well, what's wrong with having to have your ID? You have to show your ID for everything. I said, well, you know what? I, I said, look, I, I hear you, and I said, and, you know, on the surface, it sounds, it makes sense, right? But you have older African Americans, because of the way this country was set up, where you don't have a birth certificate, where you don't have these uh, the way of, of getting this information. So what you're doing is you're really and it's not it's due to no fault of their own, you know. I mean, I'm the and, person and, and those are the that, people that vote. Those are the people that right, vote. The older folks vote. Right, and I knew a person that the only reason they knew the day they were born and how old they were is because it was written in the family Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. I mean, I get what they're saying. I said, but you know. I've always, ever since I've been able to vote, I've always showed my ID. I don't see anything wrong with that. But, like, what happened in Harris County, where they shut down all of the drop-downs, and they put the drop-down, the drop-box in the middle of downtown Houston, and they gave the hours to, to, to go and drop your vote off during some of the worst traffic times. People are like, you know what, they want people to say, I'm not going to fight that traffic when I do that. So they know what they were doing. So they're limiting mm-hmm. access. So they're not, I don't think they'll take away your right. I think what they'll do is they'll put so many obstacles in place where they have technically taken away your right to vote because nobody wants to fight Houston traffic at three, freaking 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Can you imagine going into downtown at that time? And then you have to wait in a long line to drop it off in one location, and it's in the center of downtown? I mean, that's ridiculous. They got to have a South Africa vote, you know. Hey, well, you know, they want, you know and, and, and instead of asking me, why don't we ask our political strategists? Who the hell is that? Really? Who are you talking about? I think strategy? I've been gone too long. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I look, man, I'm not even looking. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, what's going on? Hey, Jerome, is that this? I'm like, what? Right now, but that's all right. I'm good. <laughs> Like, what? what are you, who the hell are you talking about? Oh, my bad. I wasn't looking at the board. I'm like, I'm pulling down comments. I'm like, what is this dude talking about? Oh, what's going on, Jerome? Why are you doing, man? You leave for a little while, people forget about you. Like, who? Oh, okay. Some other guy. 
Uh, oh man, no, my man, my man, my brother. All right, <laughs> I mean, right. we had so many questions for you, but I forgot them. But you jumped in on this one. This is good. So, uh, Mr. Les thinks that they're going to eventually take away our voting rights. That's what he just said. Do you believe that? That wait, say that again. That who's going to take away our voting rights? Mr. Les is saying that they're that eventually that they're going to take away our voting rights. All right, yeah, the, yeah, but that's their goal. If nobody does it, that's their goal, court. right? Yeah. Do you believe that that's going to happen? No, I don't think you can. I think they they will put restrictions on us, so it's gonna that's what pretty I was much saying, yeah. It's gonna pretty much hinder the people who can vote. Yeah, you know, they, if if they had their choice, they will go back to the if you don't have property, you can't vote stuff. Ah, look at that. Take as many people out of the pool as they can. Yeah, that's that Jim Crow era stuff. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, he's right. I mean, and that's what we were talking. That's what I was saying is I think they'll find a way to suppress it where you're damn near eliminating the process because at the end of the day, uh, you know, if you put so many restrictions in place, and Vanessa and I, we saw this when they had drop boxes in the middle of downtown Houston. There was only one for Harris County, which is the biggest county in freaking Texas, probably one of the biggest counties in the United States of America, and everybody had to descend on one area in the middle of downtown during rush hour. Nobody wants to deal with that right. mess. So that's what they were trying to do. But I'm curious to get your uh, comments on our last segment since you weren't here. Uh, they're talking okay. about erect, erecting a uh, statue of Clarence Thomas in, in Georgia. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, we have Reagan International Airport, and Reagan was horrible. Right, we yeah. have most, you know, we have probably three, two thirds of our schools named after, you know, white supremacists and people, Civil War yeah. heroes, and they still haven't changed those things yet. So this doesn't surprise yeah. me. It's because when you have money, they have a longer, um, they have a, the ability to lobby for something. So long, they'll put their money up. Like I said, that whole um, process to rename national. Um, airport to Reagan National was a part of a long-term plan to make Reagan seem mm. like a hero. And so for those people who are mm. not old enough, you know, you know, they won't remember. Even, you know, President Obama was saying, oh, he's, he admired Reagan. Don't nobody admire Reagan. Reagan did some horrible stuff, right? Like just across the board, unemployment was high as heck, like, they created a whole new department under uh, under Reagan, and he spent a ton of money. And, again, that was the crack age, if you don't know what that is, mm. where Reagan, in their um, program, the, the Contra hearing stuff was under Reagan. So all these people got arrested. They actually moved drugs for money to arming, you know, Contras, you know, in, in South America to, to disrupt mm. another government. Like Reagan – has a, an airport named after, and I'm sure he has some schools named after him. So it doesn't surprise mm-hmm. me that that happens. Half of this country wants, um, you know, they want to go back to white supremacy. They want the whole mm-hmm. world to respect white supremacy. That's why we mm-hmm. have problems with critical race theory. That's why, and yep. the whole concept of critical race theory has nothing to do with race. It has something about telling the truth, and you would think they would be down for that, but nobody wants to hear that. 
Well, not those mm. guys anyway. Well, and, and so a state senator stood up in uh, the uh, chamber and called him an Uncle Tom. Called him an Uncle Tom. He says, in our community, we have a term for people like that. Uncle Toms, we don't want to sit here and glorify an Uncle Tom. Uh, or, and, and, and But then, which I didn't, I mean, you know, Jerome, I, I never knew what that term meant, Uncle Tom. And, right. and I mean, I, I'm assuming you know what, what the term means. I, 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 you know, we, we got educated this morning. It's a misused term from the book Uncle Tom's Cabin. But Uncle Tom right. is technically is the hero of that book. He looked out for right. black folks. He stopped some people from getting killed, so Uncle Tom doesn't fit Clarence Thomas. It's just the right. term right. that we that we use to be negative. But it's like a lot of things that we use um, that are negative. That it, it's kind of what we're saying about, or what I was saying about critical race theory, or correcting history. Nobody's ever gone back and correct who um, Uncle Tom was. So we just think that it was so so sold everybody out because half the people read that and the other people, you know, defined it or defined it as something that was negative because he helped right. folks or like they felt like he sold them out where he was looking out for black folks. And you know what? That's the thing that some Republicans are where black people say stuff like, I don't want to be on the Democratic side because if there's no black people on the Republican side, we wouldn't have any say. We just have to be smarter than that. I don't think that's a. I don't. I don't think standing with your oppressor so that you can infiltrate them yeah. is not a. Um, I don't know if that's a good strategy. You know, when somebody says that, oh, I'm, I'm on their side because we need some say over here. I think that we should, you know, bankrupt them and get them up out of here. Yeah, and what I read during the break because once you know, Mister Elias brought it up. I said, whoa, and so I went and read uh, over the break. And basically, they said what they did was the reason why they grossly misrepresented what he, uh, what what you know, quote unquote, Uncle Tom really was and was in that in that novel was because it played better with their audience when they did the show. So they did, you know, the audience saw it and said, oh, "Okay, we can accept this, but we can't accept some you know militant joker that's you know that who got who got beaten to death because he wouldn't." Uh, you know, disclose right. where uh, people were hitting. That was interesting. That was a, that was one of those facts. I'm glad it happened during the month of February for me. I had no idea that 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 was the case. Oh, uh, yeah, that's but that's always the case mm-hmm. that white folks make us make us change something so it pacifies them, right? We're pacifying them even with our own history to make them not feel bad. Their issue is not telling the truth. It is so that it leaves right. them in a superior place. And it's what white supremacy yeah. is anyway. So we have yeah. to kind of take it upon ourselves to say that if you get a movie financed by white folks, they're not going to let you make white people a villain in anybody's story. There is very rarely, it's like Harriet Tubman or or um, any story Hollywood makes, it does not allow you. You have to have a white hero in the story because they can't take the um, the truth um, showing how devilish and evil some people have been over the years and who they are. 
Yeah, and, you know, and, and I'll take it. And I know we're floating off 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 base a little bit here, but I remember reading about um, you know anybody who knows me personally knows I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan, and, and you know his struggles trying to get you know get in Hollywood, and the fact of the matter is the only reason because I've always wondered. I'm like, why the hell is John Saxon in this movie? He don't really know karate, but they, they, the, the network. I mean, the movie administra- administrators or whatever their terms, that whatever producers, they still wasn't quite sure that an Asian American, a person of color, could carry a major Hollywood motion picture. So to pacify that other crowd, that's the reason why, you know. John Saxon was added to that movie yeah. because they didn't think Bruce Lee or Jim Kelly. So how would America feel about a you know a Asian man and a black man? Ah, we gotta throw a little bit of sprinkle a little bit of salt in there to make sure they understand that we haven't abandoned our people. But I've always wondered why that was the case. And when I read this thing, I'm like, oh my goodness! Now I know. Right. But none of us was thinking about that then, dude. I mean. You know, back then, you know, Mr. L.S., you know this, man, we used to, dude, I mean, Bruce Lee was the man. And we were, so for them to even think that was crazy. But that's the America that we grew up in. Just nuts when you think about it. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. But that's that's the America that we live in. That's who, that's, that's exactly where we live. And the America that we live, and if you think about it, as far as black actors go now these days, <laughs> I listen to Judge Mathis. They canceled his show on uh, on TV, even though he's he one of the highest rated shows out there, but they canceled it because Warner Bros. said they're getting out to Judge, judge Mathis. Mm-hmm. They canceled his show. Oh, yeah, that's right. He had yeah, him in. Uh, but they also got rid of people's court, too. They did two of them. They said, okay, mm-hmm. y'all run yeah. y'all courts. This is y'all last year. Because mm-hmm. Millie, yeah. Millie she's a she's a Cuban-American. <laughs> well, oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but she, yeah, you know. I mean, yeah. But she still has a – don't so, you have a new show? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, mean, I don't keep up with it. I, I thought Judge Matthews was already out there, to be honest with you. I, I didn't know he was still on the air live. I mean, you know, there's yeah. oh, so yeah. many mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then the other judge, divorce court, and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, you can see where we're going with this. All right. <laughs> Three, four, seven, eight, five, oh. One, two, seven, two. So, at the end of the day, the bottom line is, is that, you know, voting rights, uh, you know, it's it's still there. I mean, it's still a possibility that uh, it has to be voted on. And uh, let me ask you something, man. Why can't they codify that into law, uh, Jerome? That's my last question for you before we get out of here. Codify what? The Voting Rights Act. Oh, because they need a um, they need a certain percentage of the um, senators to vote on it. So it's mm. not just you know if if. You know, Schumer would have done what he needed to do and waived that for this particular legislation, which the Republicans has they have done. If if Schumer would have done that, then we, it would have been codified in the law. But for some reason, the Democrats do, do not like to do anything without Republican help. Republicans will do everything and codify <laughs> stuff in the law without. Them. Yeah, I don't know. It is, it's a part yeah, of some... our, it's a part of our problem. Like we won't see that. We don't see that as a problem, but the problem is is that white folks hold down 
white supremacy no matter where they are. And we don't right. we don't see that as a problem. Like they're like, Oh, we don't want to break the rule or we don't wanna change the um the Senate rules, but the Republicans changed the Senate rules to put in the uh, Supreme Court judges, but the Democrats mm-hmm. won't do it. And then they, they fool everybody by saying, hey, we don't want to set a precedent. Well, the Republicans set a precedent a long time ago. they like, oh, yeah. we want to go back to norms. We want everybody to be fair. And that is a part of the reason why there's no long-lasting long Equality, because all the Republicans need to do is get a majority, and they will change everything back. They don't care about it. Democrats right. have to have a supermajority um, before they feel comfortable at changing anything, which is unfair, because most people in this country um, pretty much vote Democrat, but the Republicans are yeah. winning um, because of that. Yeah, yeah, they're winning because of a whole bunch of stuff that they're doing. I mean, it's just, you know what, on the playground, we call it cheating. Because that's exactly what they're doing, and and um, and they're just doing it with uh, under the uh, banner of you know Senate rules and all this other stuff that they have in place. It's it's really ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous and it's frustrating, and uh, it really leaves a very bad taste in your mouth when you think about how uh, these people are playing ball. And we were talking about this earlier in the show about, you know, uh, something that Marjorie Taylor Greene said. I mean, it's just these people are in Congress now. It's just unfortunate we have to deal with it. All right, it's time to take an NPR News uh, update, last one for the show, and we'll be right back to close it out. Don't you go anywhere. As soon as today, a federal judge in Texas could cut off nationwide access to a key abortion drug. Anti-abortion rights groups are challenging the Food and Drug Administration's approval of the drug Mifepristone. For decades, it's been approved for use in combination with another pill to induce first-trimester abortion. Abortions. As NPR Sarah McCammon reports, some healthcare providers are now preparing to rely on that second drug alone. At the Trust Women Clinic in Wichita, Kansas, it's been crisis mode for months. First, there were patients from Texas after the state's abortion ban took effect in 2021, then from all over the region after last summer's landmark Supreme Court decision. And now, Clinic Director Ashley Brink says the staff is bracing for another, maybe even bigger, wave of uncertainty. We're at an unprecedented time. We've never faced this kind of crisis, and so there is a lot of unknowns. Even in states where abortion is still legal, providers know they could soon lose the ability to prescribe the abortion pill mifepristone, which is used in combination with a second drug to terminate pregnancy. Anti-abortion activists argue the abortion pill was improperly approved more than two decades ago. They're asking a federal judge appointed by President Trump to overturn its approval. If they succeed, Brinkseser Clinic will only be able to offer patients either a surgical abortion or a medication abortion using only the second drug, called misoprostol. And because it is a different procedure than using the, the two medication regimen with misoprostone, we're having to make sure everyone has the right language and the right information to ensure that they're communicating that effectively. A recent study by the Guttmacher Institute found that 98% of medication abortions in the U.S. use the two-drug protocol. It starts with misopristone, which works by blocking a hormone that helps the pregnancy progress. The second drug, misoprostol, brings on contractions. Around the world, misoprostol has been used alone for abortion for decades, says Dr. Jamila Parrott with Physicians for Reproductive Health. So you take more of the second medication than you would if you had the mifepristone in the first place. 
The World Health Organization says both approaches can be effective, but there are downsides to relying on misoprostol alone. Most available research suggests it's somewhat less effective than the two-drug regimen. There is also a higher risk of side effects, like nausea and cramping, says Dr. Ushma Upadhyay with the University of California, San Francisco. It's so important that patients understand how long they'll be bleeding after they take the miso alone. And it is longer. Abortion rights opponents are quick to point out that misoprostol is currently approved by the FDA for use as an ulcer drug, not as a standalone abortion pill. Doctors already use it off-label for a variety of purposes in gynecology beyond abortion, including labor and delivery and IUD insertion. That won't change regardless Online radio at its best. All right, folks, it is time for our final thoughts. But before we do our final thoughts, it is time for Pastor Steve State your case where we read final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from uh, social media sites that we monitor. Mr. Elias, may we have anything that uh, we can, uh, that you want to add to the mix? I surely do. It's from Kavina Man. And I'm pulling them up. Okay, Kavina Man says, just like Gilbert's newspaper cartoonist, the races are blatantly spewing hate of black people boldly. It's just white people are being prepared to go after blacks when Trump is indicted. Trump has already called the black DA a racist. You know what? I saw that story. I didn't read it, but I saw the, the caption where the Dilbert, uh, uh, the, the, the comics are being pulled because of a racist rant. I wonder what he said. I wish Kavina Man would have gone into detail. I'll read it after the show. I didn't realize that I wanted to, yeah, I saw that. I wanted to talk about that this morning, but, you know, we kind of went over before we got to the show. Okay, anything else, sir? Anything else, Mr. Elias? That's it. That's it. Okay. All right, let me read a a few before we give our final thoughts. Uh, Give me a second. Uh, All right, Pastor Steve says, peace and blessings, family. This is Mr. Elias. I am staying out of that mess, LOL. Everyone is entitled to their opinions, but I encourage you all to read the word of God and let the scriptures guide you on your path of righteousness. May God continue to bless each of you and this great show. Thank you, Pastor. Eric from Houston. He says, Jay, I heard your commentary last week. Sorry for your loss. Hey, man, I appreciate that, Eric. Um... Christy or Kristen from Pennsylvania to Mr. Elias is correct about Uncle Tom. Yep, he was. Uh, Paula from St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, Jay, I'm so sorry for your loss. I've listened to your final comments a number of times. They were truly words of inspiration. God bless you and your precious daughter. Thank you, Paula. Um... Tanisha from New York City says, I never heard the story about Uncle Tom. Thanks. Either that or not, Tanisha. Uh, let me read one more. Um, here's one from Katie. She's keeping the text in San Antonio. Good morning. It is so good to hear. So, it's so good to hear the Jay that we all know and love. I could really hear the pain in your voice last week. It is my hope that your daughter is in a better place physically, mentally, but most importantly, spiritually. My thoughts are with you and your family. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Katie. And on that note, it is time for our final thoughts. And uh, Mr. Jerome Spree, 
Yeah, first, man, final thoughts. But before you get final thoughts, because we have a few minutes, I'm curious about, I would wanted to hear your comments about the remarks that Taylor, that Marjorie Taylor Greene made uh, in regards saying that black people are lazy and sorry. And she made a comment saying that I know white people who are just as lazy and sorry as blacks. <laughs> I didn't. I never heard her say that. Okay. Um, well, we, yeah, so, we talked about it. Well, you know, here here's the thing with Marjorie Taylor Greene, is that um, she is an overt racist, right? And, and the issue is with people who are like that, is that in their belief system, you know, I'm not saying she doesn't know any black people. Because that would be the easy way out to say that obviously you don't know any black people if you if you have that feeling you're just operating right. off an impression. And so with people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, you cannot listen to them, right? They're biased and racism and all of that other stuff that's going on with them um, is in them. So even discussing them is um, they're saying inflammatory things to get us to give her some type of stature. And they're giving her that, and I don't know why, that the media doesn't like this kind of, I'm not saying ignore her, but they definitely mm. give her too much time, right? Because yeah. just like that guy, who was the guy um, in New York who cheated his way through that they're trying to get to resign? Just like him, uh, you don't George see him. Santos. Yes. You don't see him on the news or him in front of cameras. Let them release statements and stuff, but they're making her a superstar because... People in this country have, um, you know, they they have this thing that they revere white supremacists. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're not white supremacists. We have to pay attention to their words. Well, their words are coming from a place that has a um, has the angle of superior superiority. And she is holding it down for um, for the right wing. Like I watched the, the clip of her and um, where was it? Um, CPAC, where CPAC, where she was um, yeah. praying with somebody inside of a jail cell, praying for yeah. the people of um, January 6th, and saying that they're yeah. patriots, even though they were trying to overthrow the government. They were literally yeah. trying to overthrow the government, and she yeah. is their poster child. And they're literally sitting there with their hands around her praying for her. Yeah. So I can't, I can't, you know, pray for for. That kind of stuff. I mean, I don't even know where to put them, but I know it's hiding yeah. in plain sight that evil is evil. Yeah. And I know that people sometimes feel like we are over-exaggerating that, but when somebody wants to disrupt your way of life and does not care what happens to you, and that, and in my book, I don't have to listen to anything that they have to say. Yeah. I wouldn't trust them if they said it was water was wet. I wouldn't trust them. I wouldn't either. Good stuff, man. I always wanted to get, just wanted to get your opinion on that. That's good stuff. And George Santos, actually, we'll talk about that next week. He actually did an interview, and he sounded like a freaking idiot. But uh, I've digressed. Looks like Momo B's trying to get in here, Mr. Elias. Let's bring her in for final thoughts. Final thoughts, Momo. Yeah, whatever. I've been trying to get in for the last half an hour. Y'all just ignoring me. Oh, that's well, well that's Mr. Elias. No, that's, that's Mr. Elias, baby. Don't come at me. That's Mr. Elias. Well, I just have to look over and see it. Well, well, that's anyways, your boyfriend. You, I want yeah, to don't bring it, don't bring I it want here. Comp- yes. I want, the, 
I wonder. <laughs> I, look, don't start. I won't be naughty. I want to comment on the Uncle Tom thing. That look, yes. in order for this man to do his thing and get everybody out, he had to kiss some white butt, and that's what he was doing. So they called him that for a reason. But then he, he you know, he came back around and was like, "Yo, I need to do this in order for me to do this. That's what we gotta do." So that's it. But yeah, he was an Uncle Tom. He was kissing butt. But then he was kissing butt for a reason. Just gotta look at it like that. Okay. Well, thank you, Bumblebee, for your final thoughts, and God bless you, and you know, continue to do what you do. You, uh, you know, you got to get in. You, you got to get in on the inside in order to get outside. I hear you. Like 007. Got it. Yeah, I, I was right. going to say, but it doesn't really make him a bad guy for that. Like, I, there's a, there's a, um, there in, in George Washington, in Martha Washington's, or George Washington's will, I'm sorry, he had a clause in his will that says that his slaves are free when he, when Martha dies. So Martha Washington kind of went into hiding because it didn't say how. So he had like 80 slaves. Somebody would have took it for the team that got close to Martha Washington and would have killed her to free everybody else up. Would we have said that they were sell out because they were with Martha Washington? They could have just took it for the team. So sometimes you get close to people. Those people are technically still heroes to us that they are sacrificing themselves for... Um, for, you know, for the betterment of other people. So there's no negative to that. Sometimes just because we don't know what somebody is doing don't mean that they're not taking, you know, they're not taking one for the team. And when right. you find out that's that the are, we just have to, we just have to appreciate it. That's know? the point. They yeah. don't know. You know, you don't know. You just look at it from where you stand. It's like, oh, yeah, right. look at him. Look at him, Uncle Tom. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> that's what you're saying. But then when it's time to yeah. go, right. it's time to go. Go time, right. go time. Thank you, Bumblebee, for 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 all that. We only have two minutes left. Mister Elias, man, uh, you can have brother. They're yours. Final thoughts. Uh, my final thought is, hey, look, I didn't congratulate my Kansas City Chiefs, but they did their thing. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Congratulations to the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah. You know, on a well played game, and uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Hey, man, I applaud you. Good game, brother. Good game. Good game. Yeah. Don't get mad, Twine. Twine. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Thank you. I appreciate that, Mr. Elias. God bless you. And my final thoughts, I just want the 30 seconds that Mr. Elias left me. Uh, well, actually, yeah. Anyway, I, I want to say thank you for all the well wishes. Uh, it's been a tough two weeks for the fam. And uh, just continue to pray. And, uh, you know, it just it means a lot. Power of prayer is something, and you just really don't know it until you experience it. So God bless, and uh, we appreciate you. And on that note, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday, and uh, we're uh, having a serious conversation about serious things, uh, what time is it, my friend? It's time it's for time the serious side right of January. It's time for the serious side <laughs> of the See, see, this, see, 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 this is yeah. it. You see, you see, right? You see, you see. <laughs> You see, you see, well, you laughing, guess what, it's going to stay open, <laughs> see, yeah, there it is, all right, it is time, <laughs> oh, you need to know basis, that's coming up next right here, don't you go anywhere, it's going to be fun, uh, God bless, we'll see you next week, so for Mr. Elias, for Momo BZ, for Vanessa out there on the high seas, love you, sweetie, and for my main man, Mr. Jerome, I am Jay saying have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it is Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side. I don't need to know basis. 32, 10 seconds away.
The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? All right, folks, you know what time it is. It is time for all the need-to-know basis with my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Jerome, man, what is on the docket for the next 60 minutes, my friend? Man, I got nothing. All right, we're just going to talk. <laughs> we're just going to hang out, a little bit of noise. You know, we're, we're going to cover some black history. And, you know, this is the last Sunday of Black History Month. So, I, again, you yep. know the rules. I'll still carry it over into March. But we're going to get into some tougher stuff. Um, we're going to talk about Francis Chris Welsing, um, the Honorable mm. Minister Louis Farrakhan. We're just going to get into some black history that other people um, probably really did not hear about or people were a little squeamish about back in the day. So we're going to, mm. we're going to cover some, some topics here. That's good. Yeah. Okay. That's, All right. All of you brothers. Yeah, since Elias dropped the bomb on, on that, you know what I mean? We might as well keep going to let people know what you thought true was not true. We're going to keep going with that. That's our theme for the day. There you go. <laughs> what you thought was real wasn't real. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right. Wait a minute. Did you say Vanessa was, um, she's on a cruise? Yeah, she's heading to, she's going on a cruise, man. She's heading out to the high seas. That's what she was heading Man. To. All right. She's <laughs> staying. How they say that she stay yeah. on the water, right? Yeah, <laughs> she loves it. Uh, okay. She loves it. All right. Man, all right. We, so we should have um we should have had her do a, a remote from the from the boat. <laughs> she could have maybe she would have got a little a little something off of her cruise. Or or listen to us, we would have got her kicked off. So either one. That might have been a good decision. Once we go through our black history, they might have kicked her off. Yeah, All right. Exactly. All right, yeah, our, our first story, you know, there's a new AI blood test for um, bowel cancer that can save lives by slashing um, huge, uh, a huge backlog in cases caused by COVID-19. Now, I don't know if you knew that, but COVID-19, just from having that, is, is um, having people have more bowel cancer. I don't know what that means or how did really? that happen. They don't really go into it, yeah. Hmm. So scientists, they say, are rolling out a new artificial intelligence um, um, blood test um, for bowel cancer that they hope will save lives by prioritizing those who need um, a checkup straight away. So I guess that means oh. if you have COVID, you should probably get checked more often. Oh. Wow. You know, here... You know, here's the thing. I think COVID is doing more to people than than they know to. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know the first thing it clue and I'm I'm not feeling well today, but it's yeah, I'm not like um, you can't tell if you have cold flu or COVID, right? And so you know yeah. when you when it comes down to it, you don't know if you're. Just from having COVID, what kind of ailments come later or what you're susceptible to just because of COVID? But COVID is still, you know, when yes. people like, you know, Republicans and those guys are going around saying, we don't want no shot and we don't want this and we don't. COVID is still kicking butt. COVID is still yeah. king in here. So, yeah. 
whether people think it's man-made or not is not the point. COVID is yeah. a monster. Yeah. Yes, it is. So, yeah. So nasal spray, they have a um, they have a new nasal spray, and they said this nasal spray reduces um, infections for COVID by ninety six percent. It nearly doubles protection given um, given by a shot in the arm. So they said inhalable inhalable nasal vaccinations vaccines could be the game changer to defeating COVID for good. So this Georgia-based researchers are developing such vaccines as highly effective um, booster doses. But that's how you get COVID, right? You can inhale the virus, right? Mm-hmm. So that right. makes sense to have a vaccine that, um, you know, that is a nasal spray. Man, I'd be so glad to stop wearing masks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd be I mean, glad of that, man. I still wear. Them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I I put them on every now and then, but it just it just depends. But everybody, I would think, yeah. probably still put on masks. You know, because you can't Especially tell some people are nasty. I can't be around places where people are coughing like crazy, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? They do that. I just like, oh, come on, man. Time you to know? go. But yeah. But I I put mine on when I'm on the plane, and I've been on the plane quite often this year, so I mm-hmm. I put mine on, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, anti-vax, anti-vax Republicans in Idaho introduced a new bill that would make it illegal to use mRNA COVID shots in the state due to their fears that uh, the development was rough. They've been working on RNA um, vaccines and stuff for about at least about 18 years, but they're saying they rushed, right? Right. That that machine of their paranoia is far yeah. beyond anything that black people could imagine. You know how when people say that black people won't do something because of our fear, like you know the what is it called the um, Tuskegee experiment, and we have proof that right. this stuff happens to us. And white folks will go from a rumor and be like, "Oh no, I heard whatever." And they go off of weird, really weird stuff. I think what black yes. people are justified when we don't trust the government for Jack, because there are so many yes. examples yes. of them yes. poisoning us. White folks don't have really too many examples of them getting poisoned by the government. That that's not even that's not even a thing, right? We know that they spray chemtrails and all of that other stuff for no reason. Yeah. Nobody really gives a good reason for chemtrails. But right. if you go look at the sky, you'll see all of that, you know. You know, I used to think it was plain exhaust. You know, planes don't leave exhaust like that in the sky. They don't? No. No, they burn. Really? They They don't um, They don't burn. It's not like a car. Like, they're burning off, like, something that smokes. So planes don't leave fumes like that. If you ever, see, wow. you know, Go to, um, you know, when you're at the airport and you look at planes, you don't see them blowing smoke at all, ever. So when they go through clouds, they're not blowing even clouds, you know, they're not, they don't lose, leave vapor trails like that, not smoke. So when you look up and you see this plane driving, flying through, and then you see this mm-hmm. long line, you know, for yeah. miles, that's them literally spraying something into the air. Really? Yeah. Yep. We don't, yeah, they don't leave vapor like that. 
I know, and it's sad that, you know, for years, I remember that since, you know, since we were little, looking up and seeing and say, oh, there's a plane, and it's, it has, it's like it's blowing smoke. They're dropping chemicals. And they used to use the excuse that it was, um, they were putting particles in to protect us from, like, radiation, and then it would stop people from spying on us. It's weird things, but definitely over cities, they use a lot of chemicals that they spray over certain neighborhoods. In certain mm. areas. Yeah. So, you know, again, I think Prince mentioned chemtrails. You know, um, Dick Gregory talked about chemtrails. There's a lot of people who talked about chemtrails. And even mm. if you saw a little documentary, I think 60 Minutes did um, a piece on, on the chemicals that they were putting in the skies. And they really didn't get anything. It's, it's like putting fluoride in your water. There's no yeah. reason to have yeah. fluoride in your water. So their right. excuse was... Oh, yeah, it'll help with your teeth. That's not true. Fluoride is a poison to your to your, to your penile gland, right? It, it stops. Um, it helps calcify, you know, glands in your, in your brain, essentially, in your head. So why do we still put fluoride in water? Nobody really knows. But everybody, since the Nazis did that, I think that's where they got it from, us putting fluoride in the, in the water. So, you know, from looking at the stuff that the Nazis did... They got a lot of stuff from us. The Nazis learned a lot from us. They looked at how segregation and um, slavery worked to develop. And, and Hitler was ad- admired a lot of people in the U.S. and modeled some of his techniques for oppressing folks through the United States. Yeah, because I, uh, I was watching something with David Banner the other day, and he was talking about how the ghettos were formed. And he was like, wow, you just put a bunch of people in one area and you, you take away everything from them, and they got to fight with each other. That's what, that's what the ghetto is, man. I mean, it's designed to be that way, you know? Like, yeah, as much you know. as people admire folks like um, former Speaker of the House Tip O'Neill and those guys, you know, he mm-hmm. was one of the ones that said, let's starve out um, certain communities, and then they'll, they'll learn how to behave. So the right. government intentionally would not give money to poor areas because they thought it was it would control if they would pay them for better behavior. And again, that's why I keep saying that we need to look at our own behavior like as a as a country and what we did to our to just average regular citizens. Because white folks did some really evil stuff. I don't care if they were Democrat or Republican. You don't say let's starve people out to curb their behavior. And it did not work. It was just a control right. It didn't have to. Right. Right. You know? So their <laughs> issue was never, hey, let's go into trailer parks and control white folks. They were like, let's <laughs> do inner city people because they're not doing what we say fast enough. And they were Democrats. So that's not a, not a party-specific issue. You know, Republicans doing their stuff blatant, and the Democrats are... Um, you know, a little bit more subtle. Those are behind the behind closed door conversations. Throwing, throwing a brick and hide in the hand. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And so what I like to remind people, here's what Republicans are really clever at. They'll go, see, Democrats didn't help you either. And it's like, yeah, so we should go and voluntarily, um, I don't know, segregate ourselves because Democrats didn't help us. Mm. Wow. So it's kind of like that. What you said, you know, and Uncle Tom, it's like, why 
there's got to be a lot of ways to be free. All options are on the table. <laughs> we just can't. Right. We just can't ask you to be better because it does not mm-hmm. work, and you're not going to be better. All right. Now, speaking of speaking of Nazis, um, fans of uh, I guess it's called Lilt Lamet. Um, it was uh, a favorite drink of, of uh, in Germany. And it's being rebranded due to its cultural sensitivities. Now, changing the name to Fanta uh, might have raised some uncomfortable issues due to the Nazis' origin of the name. So in the 1920s, Coca-Cola executives wanted to expand the Coca-Cola brand worldwide to cash in on its growing popularity. So the soft drink was created as a, you know, medicinal tonic, if you don't know what Coca-Cola was. Um, and it had cocaine in it, but anyway, that's another another story. Uh, but as soon as it was mar- marketed um, to ordinary consumers, they um, served it as a drink. So the soft drink grew in popularity in um, in Germany, and imports um, continued till 1933 when Adolf Hitler became uh, he called him their chancellor when he became evil. <laughs> um, but however. As soon as Hitler began to to lead Germany towards dictatorship, they um, got rid of Coca-Cola, and they created Fanta. And then when the war was over, Coca-Cola bought Fanta. So when you're drinking Fanta soda, that is a German soft drink. And, you know, and and they sell it back to us like everything's okay. Uh, I did not know that one, man. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's weird that... um, you know, all of these things. Well, we know, like, the Volkswagen. We know that that was the car that German Germany got that car from, I forgot the name of the car company in Poland that was making a car that was similar, and they sued um, Germany because they were copying their car. And then when Hitler moved troops in and took Poland, the lawsuit went away. <laughs> so, you know, like, we could take anything we want. So Hitler went and took the design of the Volkswagen, <laughs> really? they started building them. And I think, wow. okay, I'm not sure about this. I'm going to go with Ferrari, but I think he designed the engines for the for the Volkswagen. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so Mercedes had, you know, these are German companies, but they were all a part of the war effort helping the Nazis. Mm. You know, and so even when we go back and look at um, history, we're like, well, they had no choice. No, they had a choice. Like when they stepped up and became Nazis, we have to let them back in the fold like we do with the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world. And we're like, well, that's just one person. But they are technically um, Nazis hiding in plain sight, you know, or white supremacists acting like they are fair and balanced. Um, I don't know if you remember this. I'm sorry to go off on this. But do you remember when um, Dotart was in office, and they were mad that he couldn't go to like baseball games because people was booing him. He wanted yeah, to go. Yeah, I remember like, that. Mm-hmm. They they booed him. They kicked him unmercifully. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that people can be evil and they still want people to worship them. Right. Like if you're doing stuff that's hurting the majority of people, and not what do you want to strong arm them and say, well, you should respect him as president. And I think all of that was because people liked Obama. Is why. They wanted Trump to be just as popular. I was just going to yeah, say, did they respect right. Obama? Did they respect huh? Obama? 
They, 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 didn't, they didn't respect Obama. Hell, they was yelling out yeah. stuff in him and all kind of stuff, man. So I don't want to hear that. Mm-mm. Yeah, but but the reason they didn't like Obama is because everybody else did. That's what I'm saying. That speaking of Germany, um, Schadenfreude, they the joy and the misery of others. Like that, or Glutzmerz is that the opposite of that, right? It just means that um, you you are are happy that somebody else is sad is Schadenfreude, but the other opposite end of that is just pretty much you're sad that everybody else is happy. You know, so that's how they work. It was like everybody else is happy. I can't stand them. You know, how people get like that. Yeah. So yeah, that was a, it's it's weird that that's a thing, but yeah. Hmm. So anyway, yeah. So the, the 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 Nazis had Nazi drink is Fanta. We they still sell Fanta. Do you ever see those on the show? I see. I, you know where I see them at is in the black neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Okay. So, yes. You know what? I I don't know. I don't know if this would be a little crazy, but I'm not sure, I, and I'm not sure that Jewish folks would drink Fanta. I'm I somebody somebody write Jay and let him know, but I don't know the answer to that question. I I wonder. I would believe that they would be conscious of it, and they dump that stuff in, you know, um, probably Dollar Tree and stuff. Like they would dump dump them in certain stores. But Coca-Cola still makes Fanta, which which makes you think something about Coca-Cola, right? They were like, we need to change really? the name. Because really? just because they bought the soda company didn't mean that they had to ship it worldwide. Right. So they normalized something that um, is a remnant of, of, you know, of the Nazis. Nazis have a lot of stuff in circulation that, you know, came from that regime. regime. Mm. Um yeah, Netflix cut prices in more than 30 countries in a desperate attempt to attract more subscribers. Now, Netflix prices um, have been reduced in European countries, included Croatia, Slovenia. Um, isn't that where – what's your name is from, speaking of the Trumps? Um, Bulgaria yeah. um, and, and different parts of Africa and Asia, but not in the U.K. or the U.S., they're not cutting our prices because that's what the money is, but they need to get <laughs> other people on there. <laughs> like, but 30 countries, you know how you, uh, you know, you're, it's like that list of making a team sport when they put everybody's name on it, you look for your name. I was looking for the U.S. I'm like, nope, <laughs> we're not on that list. We missed it. Now, um, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, you know, I, I was just having a conversation about, Conglomerates like all the stuff that Bayer, you know, company owns. And mm-hmm. I, I, we're not telling our age here, but do you remember those Bayer aspirin that was not coated? Yeah. Bayer mm-hmm. Anison and all of them back in the days. I sure do. Yeah, mm-hmm. those companies are still huge, and they own all of these other companies like Unilever. Unilever owns Ben and Jerry's ice cream. For example, right? Really? And Unilever, I thought Ben and Jerry's was privately owned. No, huh. nope. Unilever, Unilever has them. Yeah. See, after a while, they all started, you know, chipping them off one by one. Give them a couple billion dollars because they have that kind of money, and um, they ended up getting Ben and Jerry's. But Unilever has not disclosed how, exactly how it will make uh, their new ice cream that's going to melt less. Like it's not going to melt as fast, oh, oh. and uh, this scares me. 
Yeah, I don't want yeah. It. I don't want yep. it. Keep it. Yep. Okay. But they said experts believe the answer is likely to lie in either using more starch, removing mm-hmm. some sugar. They said the tricky problem with the latter, however, um, is that the slight changes to the formula ice cream may affect the taste, the, the, the balance between the texture and sweetness. So the goal of the experiment is what they're calling, is to find a formula that retains the state um, firmness and mouthfeel of each Ben and & Jerry and Magnum ice cream product at higher temperatures. Okay, see, yeah, here, okay. here's where You're keep uh, mad scientists are keep crazy. It. Mm-hmm. You're going to you keep know, it, brother. I don't know parts of it. Nope. Yeah, this, didn't I talk about Dr. Sebi last week? Dr. You know, when I went through Osha, Osha Village and stuff, Dr. Sebi said this a long time ago. <laughs> that it's the starches that are killing us. Like, so anything that's not man-made or anything that is man-made, they use starch to bind it. So most people don't know that carrots are – well, I shouldn't say most people don't. I don't know what most people know. But carrots are, are man-made. Did you know that? Oh, I think I missed you. Elias, did you know that carrots are man-made? Well, yep, I did. I did. I did. I did. I did because I looked it up on Shabby's site. And then when I looked it up, it was like, okay, carrots are man-made. And, and I also, that's when I learned that, uh, uh, what is it, uh, garlic is bad for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just started looking up stuff, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, was, garlic, wow. you know, you have too much garlic, you can't heal a cut with garlic. You want to keep a wound right. open, eat garlic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But carrots were made in Holland, of all places. But, yeah, it's a combination of, like, a, a yarrow um, um, plant and something else. But carrots are man-made. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we have all of these things that, that are, like, kind of put together in labs and stuff, and we're wondering why we don't have enough nutrition. <laughs> so people are having all these That's ailments. You want to people die. Yeah. Yep. People yep. are dying from this stuff, and they don't care. They don't care less, man. <laughs> Right now, oh, you know, um, you know, I just talking about Germany. You know, Mercedes Benz has unveiled a new car that is perfect for influencers. This is them playing to kids. It has a a huge giant touchscreen, a selfie camera with built-in apps, including TikTok. <laughs> you can do a TikTok oh while you're driving your car. Play Angry Birds, WebX, Zoom. And Vivaldi, whatever that is, but they have built-in five built-in apps, um, and passengers can, you know, opt to use all all of those if they want to. So they can choose to watch film and TVs and uh, on TV programs or tap apps. I can see this going all wrong, by the way. So you're supposed Hello to be driving. Accidents. Hello, yeah. accidents. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yep. So, again, because people are not sitting in there, they're not going to go to their car just to film something. Um, no. They're saying that you could do that while you're driving, and that should be. They should disable that function while you're driving. My yeah. They should disable you know, what, They're not going Yeah, to. which is strange about this. You know, you can, if you have, I know in New York State, if you have a, um, something hanging from your rearview mirror, you can get a ticket for that for distracting a driver. 
Like it's just something really? that's distracting. Those those laws are still on the books. Can you imagine if you had a full TV in front of you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would think yeah. That would be I like you. You have your TV on, so I don't know what to tell you. All right. So you know, I, I um, you know, I'll start going into some Black History facts. I know again we the shortest month of the of the year <laughs> doing Black History. We never could get enough of Black History stuff. So even though, um, you know, well, I'll probably talk about this again in May, but, you know, Memorial Day was started by former slaves on May 1st, 1865 in Charleston, South Carolina, to honor 257 dead Union soldiers who had been buried in a mass grave in a Confederate prison camp. They dug up the bodies and worked for two weeks to give them a proper burial and as gratitude for fighting for their freedom. Um, yeah, they held a parade yeah, of 10,000 people led by um, 2,800 black children They uh, where they marched and sang and celebrated. Memorial Day was um, black Union soldiers were being celebrated. Yeah. Yeah, I I think um, I don't think they really talked about that on Memorial Day because I forgot what they have out as the official reason for Memorial Day. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, I knew I knew that fact. I was like, wow, I learned that a long time ago on that one. I was like, okay, but yeah, so Memorial Day is fun. I love Memorial Day. <laughs> yep. And so yeah, and so to um to whitewash every freaking thing in this country. They took away the black portion of Memorial Day and say, "Oh, we're just honoring anybody who had in service, who was in service." Right, right, right. So when someone asks you what, um, when they say they don't understand the meaning of white supremacy, that's what it is. Like it, you, it cannot. You nothing can exist in this country if it does not have white folks being honored. Nothing. I like that. I like the. Uh, I can't remember her name, but it's this white. A professor, she asked these white folks in the room, she said, how many of you would change places with black folks right now? And, 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 and nobody raised their hand, and she said, see, then you know that there's something wrong with the system and you're not going to do anything about it. Because why would you right. change, or change, change from, if, if that was the case? I was like, she had a great valid point. <laughs> great yeah. valid point. Yeah, and she, they... I'm surprised they never ran her out of there. Like in the seven, you know, she did those in the '80s and stuff, and she was on, you know, Oprah and Phil Donahue and all of these shows, and she did that with white folks. Like when now I can't remember her name. I just I just lost it. Um, but they did, you know, those things specifically with white folks, so that they can't say, oh yeah, of course, you know, there's influence by black people here. She's white. She said, hey. Her and what is her name? Um, D'Angelo. I can't think of her name. She wrote the book, the book White um, Frailty or something. Um, ah, can't think of her name. But anyway, yeah, no, none of them would change the place with black folks, which means you are um, cognizant, like you have a concept of what you are doing to black people in this country. No white person can say that it's better to be black mm-hmm. than being white in this country. Or in any country, really, that there's Europeans, they'll never say that. Right now, now, did you know um, Thomas Jefferson? This is not a Black History fact, but 
I'll just put this out there. Thomas Jefferson wrote uh, a paragraph to free slaves in his de- in the um, Declaration of Independence that was voted down. Now he owned 607 slaves and never freed anyone because he believed that all slave owners would have um, free slaves at the same time, so he would not do it. He's like, if y'all don't free y'all, I'm not freeing mine. So he had 607. And he also feared that slaves would rise up wow. and kill all white <laughs> all white mm. folks in the race mm. war. So he was like, I think we need to free them. So he yeah. feared confrontation <laughs> and was uh, and was a race by definition. But, mm. you know, here's my black history moment. People give Thomas Jefferson credit for, like, making macaroni and cheese and all that other stuff. Do you know it wasn't him? It was his chef. Because, yeah, of course, his chef, Sally Hemings' brother, you know, the guy who they were like, you, it's that Pocahontas story. They were like, they fell in love and had kids. She was a slave. He raped her. They didn't fall in love. So, anyway, her her brother is the person that um, made macaroni and cheese. He, he went to culinary school, and um, when he came back, he created macaroni and cheese. Um, there's a lot of jokes here, but since we're doing black history, I'll save those for non-black history moments. <laughs> you know, I was gonna, I was gonna make the, 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 the joke that, you know, you see all of these YouTube videos and stuff where people are <clears throat> adding, you know, raisins to the potato salad stuff. I'm like, that ain't how you make macaroni and cheese. Go find a black person to ask them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we can't, we can't do that. So, you know, um. Physicist John Dove invented and patented the laser light technology that's used for CD-ROM, DVD, laser disc, any any of those um, data storage methods to transfer data. Um, he inv- he invented it in 1968. And think about it: personal computer didn't come out until like what Windows wow. 95 came out in like 96. Windows 98 was. Right. Yeah, mm. so he invented it in yeah. 1968. Mm. Now, wow. Now, and, the, and the, the cool thing about this, I actually knew John Dove. I had really? conversations with him. Yeah, yeah, he um, mm. he invented them. He worked for the military. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I asked him, how did you invent something like that and not have it stolen from you? And his response to me was, what you do is that you develop something in pieces and then you put it together later. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> great advice. So I actually Smart know. man. Yeah. Smart man. Yep. But until that mm. man passed away, he told me that he was literally um, followed and people pop up on him every now and then, offer him money for whatever he's working on and all this and that. He had white folks following him. He, Jagger Hoover pulled him in, by the way. I forgot that part of the story. Jagger Hoover locked him up. Really? Yeah. What? Because he invented something that they wanted to know if he was working for the Chinese. Like, how did this black man develop something? They were spending millions of dollars to do. Now, if you don't know what that is, like, he was able to put a million bytes of data on a pinhead. Like, just Mm. that kind of technology. So all of our technology essentially is kind of based off of what this black man did. But, um, of course, my question was, 
about, you know, what happened to him after he did that, and he actually told me that, um, you know, maybe we should bring his daughter onto the show at some point. She's in Cali, but... Yeah, um, not, yeah. Yeah, see, um, and if you want to find, go to johndub.org. There's many, a bunch of information on him there. But, yeah, he he told me that J. Erica Hoover pulled him in. They held him for, like, three days, I think, under the hot lights and, you know, just grilling him. <laughs> And really? then the patent office, they wouldn't let him patent it. So it took him years to go back and forth. So when he went to court, the head of the patent office, like he was the prosecutor in this case, and oh. he was trying to appeal to the judge, and he said to the judge, like out of his mouth, this is where white folks never astound me. Like I'm never amazed by them. But he said to the judge, we can't let him have this technology because he would have exclusive rights to it. And the judge exactly. The judge said that's what a patent is, and gave him the mm-hmm. gave him his patent. But they tried to hold him out. Wow. Um, Till the day, I don't know about the estate, but they would not pay him for it. So you talking Sony and all the big boys, Sony and. And um, the big IT companies, they would not pay him directly. The smaller companies did because they couldn't afford the lawsuit. But the bigger companies mm-hmm. wouldn't give him money. He was making them sue him. Really? Right. And wow. I think that's partially why we don't hear his name. Hmm. Yeah. And now is it true that, that Hoover was a, uh, <laughs> that he was a black man? I keep hearing that, and I don't know how true that is, man. Who, that that Hoover what now? was black. That Hoover that was Hoover. a black man. He was yes. black. One of Hoover's parents, I think, I'm not sure if it was, I think it was his grandmother was black. She was biracial. <laughs> so, I know. Is that why he hated him? Is that why yep. he hated him so much? Yep. He was hi- He was hiding in plain sight. Like, he couldn't stand, mm. you know, I'm not, I'm not with them. You know, because back then right. there was a thing that people went mm-hmm. against. That, yeah. Well, and Clarence Thomas does not look like Jagger Hoover, and I don't think he sides with black folks. I don't know what his his issue is. And even watching people like, um, I don't mean to shout folks out, but, you know, there are a lot of black folks who are really conservative. And um, I was speaking to some college students um, a couple of weeks ago, and, um, you know, their advisor said, what do you think about affirmative action you know, going away. And one of the students says that, you know, I want to be judged on my merit opposed to getting something because I'm black and this and that. And these are young people. (laughs) These are young people. So, of course, at some point, I literally had to shut that down because I had to tell them how selfish that they are. Like, you're making an assumption like white people that black people aren't qualified. That's not the point. The point is that black people who are qualified aren't getting jobs because people hire folks that look like them. So if you have legitimately like 13% of the population and the company that you work for has .001% black people, there's no fair hiring practices. Numerically, you should have a natural fallout of equity. And affirmative action says you have to have 3%, and they fall out over that. It's like, yeah, but you have – you know, 13 or 15% of black people that should naturally be in here if it was fair. So 
we still have to change our mindsets and how we look at that because people are using really, really old arguments about who, um, where black people fit when it comes to equity and fairness. But that's that's white folks' argument. They're like, wouldn't you want people? I don't care what white folks think, right? You don't want people to think you got this job because you were black. I'm like, I don't care. I'm here to make money and go home. You shouldn't care what people think. But yeah, that used to be my argument because the white folks was like, when I like, because I got hired to affirmative action at my first good job, and uh, the the white dude was like, you know, you know, I think that's a that's a load of crap. I said no because you've been playing the same. I've been playing this game for about a, a year or two. You've been playing this game your entire life, so I don't want to hear that crap. You go and take right. that crap and shove it up your ass. You've been getting jobs because of your, who you are, who you know, and your skin color, and it's going to happen right. like that. So don't give me nothing because I'm getting it now. Be happy for me. Right. <laughs> Most people don't yeah. know. I guess they don't look at it that way, that jobs in this country are like who you know. Mm-hmm. Like you – Somebody tells you, hey, we have an opening down in my job, and I know the supervisor. <laughs> like, people do what? that, and mm-hmm. they've been doing that since day one. Yep. Yep. So, we, we, white then, yep, we act as if that does not happen. And the truth right. is, it does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I, I, I was thinking, <laughs> excuse me, um, that, when it comes down to it, our arguments have to – our arguments – their arguments are the same, but we have to stop buying into other people's arguments of that because truly, mm-hmm. especially with black people's numbers being totally different now, that there should be a whole lot more black folks being employed in, um, you know, in different fields, like the education level of black people have gone up, you know, that kind of stuff. And white folks, if you go into a company and there's no black people there, they are intentionally holding them out. It's not that they could not find somebody to do the work. That's it, it's the Rooney Rule that they should have, right? You need to interview somebody black. And speaking of that, right, right. Did you mm-hmm. see um, Eric B. Enemy? Yeah, he left and went to, he, went, he went to uh, Washington. He left and went to Washington now. Yeah, I, I saw, like, but he's the coordinator over there. I'm like, why would you leave? I'd have stayed where I was at, man. Forget it, you know. They're not going to do nothing for you different than in Washington, you know? Yeah. No, not a damn thing. So, you know, bottom line, I would, stay, I would stay with the Chiefs, man, but that's just me, you know? Yeah, I keep uh, hearing people saying that he needs to um, establish his own, his self away from the head coach. Yeah. And I'm thinking, that is a bunch of bull. Mm-hmm. Because establishing None of the stuff, he did. He did what he None did. None. So, yeah. you can't. Yeah. Black people have to keep proving themselves while you have other white head coaches with no experience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, still, yep, still won't give them a job. Uh, All right. Speaking of that, when you was talking about that earlier, well, I left mm-hmm. my job. That's what I'm, I'm blasting because we had an exit interview. And it says, well, what, do you, what do you think about the company? I said, you guys are racist. I said, you're racist as hell. <laughs> I said, when I leave here, I am that bad. I said, you'll have one other black person here, and she's a salesperson. And after she leaves, there'll be another. There would never be another black person hired here. And they says, "Do you really think that?" I said, "Of course." I said, "I, I, I recommended somebody black to get a job that had more qualification. They hired a white one." So yes, I think it. And the guy, the guy that was me was like, "Well, tell us how you really feel." I said, "Well, this is a racist ass company. You guys have been right. racist from the very beginning. 
and, 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 and now you want me to, to, to be quiet because I'm leaving? This is the time I'm going to be as loud as I want to be. I said, you're racist, and you're not going to hire anybody black. And then I sent a guy email like three days ago. I said, hey, did you get any more black people hired there? Right. <laughs> he never responded back to me. And he said, well, I'm going to get your email, and we can keep in touch, and I'll prove to you. Let me get any more black people hired there? Because I know you just hired three more people, and all of them have been white. Right. Right. And so for him to prove it, he's going to have to go against what – Whatever it is that they normally do, because they don't normally hire black people. I don't, I don't know why white folks are. They hate being called out on the obvious. You're like, isn't right. it obvious to you? Mm-hmm. Like, it why are you be. getting mad for me telling you something that's very obvious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is always not. What you say? It should be, but it's not. They, 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 these cats are racist as hell, and they don't want nobody to make no money. So they're gonna they're gonna keep you from making it. Well, you know. hey, well if it's not obvious to them, it's obvious to us. And so you right. stop looking at black folks like we need to keep pacifying you and telling you something that you know you didn't wanna you don't wanna know. Right. You know, in in the in the um you know in the spirit of Black History Month, let me do the ten companies that profited from the slave trade so that. As we go forward, you can't see that these companies that are already established have their foot on the slave trade. Like, they actually made money off of it. So New York Life was one of them. Um, it, um, New York Life found that its predecessor, um, Nautilus Insurance Company, sold um, slaveholder policies during the mid-1800s. Tiffany and Company, you know, was originally financed from profits from – you know, Connecticut Cotton Mill, and the mill operated from picking cotton by slaves. Aetna Insurance um, insured the lives of slaves and reimbursed slaveholders, slave owners um, when their slaves died. Brooks Brothers, the suit retailer, started their company in the 1800s by selling clothes for slaves and slave traders. Norfolk Southern, um, two companies, Mobile and um, Garrard, and the central, and I guess it's the central of Georgia, I guess is the um, rail companies, they, be, they became a part of Norfolk uh, Southern. And Mobile and, and Gerard, I guess is what it's called, paid slave owners $180 to rent their slaves um, to the railroad for a year. And oh. the central of Georgia owned several slaves, so that company owned slaves as well. Bank of America found that two of its predecessor banks, Boatman Savings Institute and the Southern Bank of St. Louis, had ties to slavery with other predecessors, Bank of um, Metropolis. Um, they accepted slaves as collateral for loans. So what, are they going to repossess wow. the slaves if you ain't pay your loan back? <laughs> they did. Now, wow. the USA Today reported that its parent company, E.W. Scripps and um, Gannett, was linked to the slave trades. Wachovia, um, two institutions that became Wachovia, um, Georgia Railroad and Banking Company and the Bank of Charleston, owned or accepted slaves as collateral on mortgage property or loans. Um, AIG purchased uh, American General Finance, which owned um, U.S. Life Insurance Company, 
Um, they found documents that U.S. life insured um, slaves as well. And, of course, we know J.P. Morgan Chase reported between 1831 and 1865 two of his predecessor banks, Citizens Bank and Canal Bank of Louisiana, accepted approximately, get this, 13,000 slaves as loan collateral and seized approximately 1,250 slaves when plantation owners defaulted on their loans. J.P. Morgan Chase. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. There you have it. There's there there are companies still living and breathing. So when people say y'all don't need reparations, you're like these people are existing on the backs of slaves, just like the rest of these, you know, federal government and all those other guys are as well. Mm. Yeah. So no, I didn't really mean to wait this long before I got to Dr. Francis Cresswelding. So the scholar, author, um, psychiatrist, Dr. Francis Cresswelding passed passed away. Um, and she became nationally known for her uh, book, her 1991 book, The ISIS Papers, which expanded oh. on the essay that she wrote in the 70s while working at Howard University. <clears throat> um, Welsing, um, she, well, she was born to Dr. Henry Cress, who was a medical di- doctor, and Ida Griffin, who was a school teacher in Chicago, Illinois. And um, she... Um, according to Wellsen's account, you know, she worked at Howard, right? And she had this Crest theory of um, Crest theory in the ISIS paper. And you know, Howard fired her, right? Really? So, yes, Howard. Well, here's what happened. Howard decided not to renew her position with the school after she published um, published the paper, the ISIS papers, and then she began to work at the Department of Human. Human Services and worked for over two decades as a psychiatrist, mostly with children. Um, but the ISIS papers expanded on several several ideas around white feelings threatened by the scope <laughs> by the scope and reach of black people around the globe, even down to the size of their genitalia. So Welsing wow. melanin theory and unified field theory, um, she had more than enough support from academia and the Afrocentric community for her research. She did research, and she just said, hey, here, here's, here's what it is. And um, um, the black universities fired her. So in her mm. book, um, uh, her, it's a crest, quest, crest theory of color confrontation and racism, white supremacy in 1970, was presented at the National Medical Convention section of um, psychiatry in 1907, um, and then every year at the medical convention, she said that she would um, present another dimension of racism and some of the symbolisms inside of the theory of race, and her second book was the ISIS Papers. It was the Key to Colors. That was uh, published in 1990, and it's a bunch of essays um, that help you understand racism at a level um, that she was talking about. And she, again, she was a researcher. So people got scared of Dr. Frances Quest Welsing when she was, uh, when she was living. And even black institutions was pretty scared of her, you know, Dr. Frances Quest Welsing. I know here's what, um, people will take issue with because of, um, you know, she said her, her translation of male homosexuality, for example, 
she said this is not coming from Africa. This is coming from Greece and Rome. Um, it goes back 2,000 years with Rome and Greece going into Africa, looking at black men and their masculinity, and then comparing it to white men and their masculinity and genitalia size and all of that with white males feeling deficient. By comparison, homosexuality was um, a dominant form of sexual expression in Greece and Rome and um, as a theme throughout the Western culture. Um, So, you know, people got mad at her for saying that, but the truth is the truth. She said now, you know, she said now, and she kind of went through the – you know, feminization and the distraction of black male masculinity. And she said, if a black man wants to have a role in a movie, he's got to be willing to put on a dress because Mm. that is coming out of Hollywood standards. It's not coming from African standards. But, yes. Emasculators, yeah. You're 100% right. Yep. And so she had um, a bunch of insights that she kind of talked about. She said that um, we are the the um, parents. She said we are the parents, parent people of the planet, which means that everyone comes from black people. I think that's pretty much standard knowledge right now. She said the creator of the universe made black people the first people and the mothers and fathers of all people on the planet. So we have to step into that role of the planet. And she said it's like um, psychiatrists all the time deal with family situations where the children have taken over the household and the parents are following behind and trying to emulate the children, and that goes um, to be catastrophic, getting into very deep levels of respect for ourselves as black people and understanding that the creative force of the universe determines the role of black, what the role of black people should be. And she said, I believe that the vehicle to spirituality is self-respect because it, um, she said, I can't be in touch with the creative force in the universe if I don't, if I don't respect who I've been made to be. So she said, self-respect is to be an instrument that uh, we're going to have to um, use to neutralize white supremacy and replace it with justice. Hmm. So, you know, and 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 in another way, she pretty much said that black people, if black people stand up to their role and what they're supposed to be, they will have to be responsible for white folks too, right? Because she's pretty much saying that they're just wayward children is the moral of that story. You don't let your children wow. run the household. So she said that is the thing with black folks is that to admit that white folks are wrong, that means that we have to step into the position that we are naturally supposed to be in. And she said people don't like to take responsibility. So yeah. I, now, again, Dr. Frances Cresswellsing, um, she uh, is brilliant. And if you want to go check her out, I would say go YouTuber or look at, um, go read her Crest Theory of Color Confrontation and Racism. And um, there's a lot of great black scholars, Dr. Naeem Akbar. You can go back and check out um, Dr. Carol Barnes. Um, I think that we don't do enough of respecting those kind of scholars, and um, but I want to make sure I covered uh, Dr. Francis Presswellsing on this one. I didn't hit the honorable minister this time on the show, but we'll definitely um, catch him on um, on the next show, kind of talk about some things. And 
you know, the Million Man March, uh, when I think about yeah. Mr. Fair. And I actually went to the, Million Man, the original Million Man March, and as people kind of doubted the strength of that, Minister Farrakhan went around this country for two years to all men's meetings. You know, I remember people were complaining about that. Why aren't women here? All men's meetings to get them to go to Washington, D.C., right? He said, I had a vision. This is what I wanted to be. And when um, October 16th, you know, happened and people came, it was on a weekday. No, wait a minute. When was it? It was on a Monday. And they closed down all of the government offices because that was that. There was too many black people in town. Apparently, it's in D.C. You know, <laughs> and there were too many black people. So he, um, yeah, he he um, shut this. They didn't really shut the city down, but they closed all the government offices. And he said, "Do not take any, like, you know, um, finance it yourself. Don't get other people and." You know, organizations to finance it. So most that was our directive. People drove, people you know, organized their own trips. But they were supposed to. We took money out of the economy. And so, if you look at any kind of economic measures on October 16, 1995, I guarantee you, you won't get no economic numbers that day. It was amazing that you know, every day that they do financial stuff, you look at the markets for October 16, 1995. He said, don't spend a dime. This is a vacation for black people. We're about to show you what the world looks like without black people. And most black people heard that. And when we got to D.C., um, or I know when I was leaving, and the numbers started, you know, when they were like, oh, there was only, you know, 200,000 people, and then there was 400, and then they rose up to 800,000. The Park Service didn't want to acknowledge that there was that many black people there. But I knew, you know, it was black people from the steps, the Capitol steps, all the way to the Washington Monument. Like, it was that many people. So when I got wow. back, you know, you know what white folks do now? They know how much money they made, right? Mm. When I got back, D.C. Transit said the three stops in the mall, 1.2 million tickets is how much they sold. Yeah, they know how much money they made. <laughs> But they don't know how many people there. It's like, we don't know. So there was an estimated 40,000 buses. There were the Howard students and those guys who marched over. And um, so it was obviously more people than that. Everybody didn't come on those on that, you know, on the transit system. So it was a lot of people, and history kind of distorts that to, by making you believe it actually really didn't happen. So for black history, not. right, we need, to, we need to talk about that and – talk about our experiences in spaces where there were black folks and um, not let someone else write the story because whoever writes the story is going to write it in such a negative light and it was not a negative day at all. You know what was kind of, it wasn't even negative to me. What was kind of a bad thing about that day was, it was it was bad and it was the coolest thing um, as well, is that when you stepped outside of the mall, you had police surrounding all of the black people around the mall. Like, in a straight line, all the way around the mall. Wow. They had military out. Right? And in front of them, it was the Nation of Islam that was facing them. Like, so when you walked out, 
you just saw this row of Nation of Islam, and you saw a row of police. They would not let the police mm. inside of the crowd of black folks. I wish I would have took yes. pictures. Because nobody ever mm. has a picture of that. And I remember walking mm. out, I was like, what the heck is this? And we're talking police with guns. Like, they had their guns and stuff out, and they had really? snipers on the roof. You know, um, we saw wow. the snipers. They had bulletproof vests and e- everything. They were full well, out they- and but we didn't take they wasn't set up for January 6th, though, but they no. were Wow. Right. Yeah. And you know what? I never even put that together. January 6th is like, no, they're just good people. They had full-on, mm-hmm. like, you know, Army Brigade out there for us. Mm. And we weren't even thinking about them. Nothing jumped mm. off. Nothing, nothing happened that um, there was any... I, I think that's what they were waiting for, something negative. And we know mm-hmm. that there were some provocateurs in, in there. There was this, this white woman walking through about, like, it was about, about 10, 15,000 black men talking about, excuse me, excuse me. She's trying to cut through all these black people. And we all, you know, <laughs> this brother from Just Chicago. Just to get something started. To get something look, started. He looked at me. He was like, I think they don't think we're smarter than this, right? Because they would have loved to have on the news. She would have been like, I felt like somebody touched me. Right? Yeah. Like everybody mm-hmm. was aware that that was going on. And this white guy had a bicycle, and he was holding it up over his head trying to get through the crowd of about another 5,000 people. He tried to get from one mm. side sideways to the other. Mm. And wow. we just kept looking at them. Like, mm. yeah, they're just testing climate. They have an excuse to say something happened. Of course, you had a couple of protesters. Um but the brothers was actually yelling, saying, you know, don't say nothing to them, right? Like, y'all mm-hmm. can sit here all y'all want. We just kind of ignored them. So, anyway, it was it was a good day, and I just wanted to, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I think all of the things that that happened, we never talk about black history to give people m- more updated and current information when it comes down to our culture. So just wanted to make sure I put that in there um, for mm. For the program, I know we're running up against it, so just wanted to put those those two out there, Dr. Francis Chris Wells, so Dr. Francis Chris Welsing, and Honorable Minister um, Farrakhan. And the sad thing for me is, I know he's a lot older now, but people aren't going to be people won't speak the name of brave black people until they die, and it's going to be yep. sad on that day when people are like, "Oh yeah, remember?" Right? They won't mm-hmm. say it while he's living because everybody's scared. But Martin yeah. Luther King wasn't popular until he died. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I think the numbers for Martin Luther King was like 30% of churches supported Martin Luther King. They didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And, it's, and, and for that story, I think there was one specific church pastor in, um, in Chicago who really did not like him. And I don't know, you know, the funny thing is, is that people won't like you for being popular. Because other people know you. <laughs> you know? It, it, people are jealous of who you are, man. That, yep. that comes with outside. People are get jealous of who you are, and this is how they act. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. All right, so we'll uh, we'll end on that. But I just wanted to get everybody up to date on some some Black History for the month. But you know, we'll have to make sure that we have some some more in there. You know, I used to do this Black Fairy Tale and Folk Tale stuff too. Just to give them some information. So we maybe we might like yeah. cover some of that next time. Okay. 
Well, next week I'll be in, I'll be in, I'll be at Jay's house and next next week we'll be doing the show. Oh, cool. From Jay's okay. House. Yeah. Okay. So so make uh, so, yeah. All right. Have a safe trip. Just uh, but we'll uh, I'll reach out. Okay, bro. All right. All right. All See right. you next week. All right. All right.